0: control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want. It's been a very interesting 24 hours uh, in the world of finance. It's going to get more interesting, too, on Monday. Uh, for, uh, yeah, on Monday, for sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> TD Bank's open on Sundays. Uh, we're thi- we're thinking about going and, and pulling some money oh, out. I love uh, that
1: bank because if you pronounce the, the T and the D together really fast, it like sounds titty. like... It's a, I, <laughs> we, we can't say that can we it, it just sounds better
2: you know i have always said that no one agrees with me oh i agree by the way
0: welcome
1: uh
2: it's, I,
0: it's ian here with you tonight the reverend captain kickass and his brand new captain kickass t-shirt are here <laughs> and peakless mountaineer and peakless mountaineer joining us remotely due to car difficulties we're glad to have you dude uh, last night especially considering the you know the circumstances here uh, financially you pay a lot of attention to these things and I'm glad to have you uh, to comment on this we did get into it last night on the show as the news had broken yesterday that the I believe the country's 16th largest bank as at least as far as by their holdings I believe uh, that's right that uh, has failed. And failed miserably. The Silicon Valley Bank, which of course is home to many Silicon Valley entrepreneurs and you know big venture capitalist funds and such, has uh, gone complete uh, belly up. The Federal Government Deposit Insurance Corporation, the FDIC, has taken over uh, the bank at this point, claiming they're going to honor all of the insured accounts which apparently there probably aren't very many insured accounts at this particular bank because Uh, most of the clients
2: about about 3%.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Reuters took
1: down the uh, story that they had yesterday. What do you Uh, mean? The link that I have leads to, we can't find that. Uh, What was it about? uh, It was, uh, the quote that I took from it was at some sites, the doors were locked and cursory notes were found advising customers (laughs) to try elsewhere.
0: (laughs) Sorry. Oh, and don't forget they called the police on their own customers at the Manhattan branch on, <laughs> I think it was Friday morning as, you know, these tech Valley uh, Silicon Valley entrepreneurs were yeah. standing outside waiting to try to get into their, you know, get their money back uh, or get it withdrawn. And they told them, yeah, we're calling the cops on our own customers. The cops came and they, and it ended up leaving because there was, you know, it's not like the people were threatening anyone. They were just there wanting their money. And so, last night, I didn't, when we were discussing this, I didn't think, because we we did talk about how the stablecoin company Circle, which is behind USDC, the number two largest stablecoin on the planet, by volume. And for listeners that don't know, a stablecoin is a cryptocurrency token that is purportedly backed by something. in this case the u.s dollar or some form of dollar equivalents like a treasury bond or whatever well apparently usdc had about 25 percent of their um their 25 percent 20 no hold on 25 percent of their backing was in dollars the rest of it's like treasury bonds and and other non-dollar so-called equivalents right but of the 25 percent they had and they've got like a 30 plus billion, maybe a 40 billion dollar market cap. So roughly 10 billion of their 40 billion is in dollars and it's being held in six different banks, one of which was Silicon Valley Bank. And initially USDC was very quiet about, you know anything. They hadn't said anything about what was going on. They eventually put out this kind of very generic statement that didn't really admit to anything and then eventually did admit, that $3.3 billion were being held at the Silicon Valley Bank, which presumably is gone at this point. There's you know, very little chance they're going to get pennies on the dollar. Yeah, the FDIC uh,
1: only insures up to $250,000. Well, so. right.
0: I mean, maybe they had some sort yeah, of private at, insurance. But go ahead.
2: Yeah, at this point... Uh, Silicon Valley Bank gets uh, sold off. All of its assets get sold off, and the like ninety seven percent of uh, of the people who had money in there uh, get whatever the whatever the government can get for it.
0: Right, whatever assets are sold off, whatever that results in, which again probably going to be pennies, yeah, uh, on the dollar, but. Uh, the thing i didn't think to do last night was to check the price of the usdc right, the, yeah, the, the so called coins. dollar stable coin and i didn't get to it until after the show and it had gone down to 88 cents <laughs> at the time that i looked at it so in the world of cryptocurrency so yeah in the world of cryptocurrency you call that a DPEG, meaning that Supposedly, the price of these stable coins is supposed to be as close to a dollar as possible. Yep. You usually see them at like 1.0001 0001 or 99.99998 or something. They kind of range in yep. a very, very close range with a with dollar. But this thing depegged, like basically during, like right before Free Talk Live started last night, it had gone down below a dollar and then it continued uh, to go lower and lower. Uh, to the point where it hit. It looks like a low of about eighty-eight cents, eighty-seven. Yeah, Jamie Redmond wrote uh, the low is point eight seven seven. Yeah. So I mean, that is a tremendous uh, drop for a stablecoin that supposedly is backed by actual dollars. But now they lost roughly a tenth of their backing. It sounds like because again, they were like a thirty to forty. Uh, billion dollar coin and they lost 3.3 billion dollars yep. still currently depegged by the way it has made some part of a recovery today to 96 cents right now 96.17 cents uh, so it certainly has come back a little bit but it's not near a dollar and this is a major failure for the centralized finance world for the centralized uh world i just thought that was an interesting detail we didn't have for you last night there's on a, this
1: the update that i
0: had about
1: the stable coins today was that the major crypto exchanges have suspended Ooh. Uh, the trading of that coinbase stated this is from bitcoin.com uh, we are temporarily pausing usdc to usd conversions over the weekend Damn. while banks are closed uh, this uh, There's another one here. Well, the uh,
0: Co- Coinbase, by the way, is a co-founder of USDC. This is basically the Coinbase stablecoin right. is what That's USDC well. is. Uh, Binance
1: has temporarily suspended conversion of USDC to BUSD, which is the Binance uh, stablecoin. And then uh, the Singapore-based Crypto.com also suspended USDC deposits. Out of an abundance of caution, we have temporarily suspended USDC Uh, trading due to current market conditions. Uh, USDC withdrawal remains available, the company said on Saturday. We will continue to evaluate the situation. uh, It's been a tough uh,
0: couple months here for so-called stablecoins because a few weeks ago, the... SEC went after Binance right. and went after Paxos, who was their teammate on their BUSD stablecoin, which was the number three and still is the number three stablecoin by market cap on the in the planet. But it's dropped; uh, its market cap has dropped from like eighteen billion or fifteen billion to eight billion. So, like people are getting out of Binance USD. Binance itself has broken its. Uh, contract with or terminated its agreement with uh, paxos and uh, paxos has been prohibited now by the department of uh, new york finance whatever the <laughs> hell they are by continuing to issue any uh, binance usd stable yeah. so like busd sounds like it's done for now you got usdc depegging from <laughs> a dollar uh, and we're only beginning to see the consequences of what that's going to look like and further the the top so-called decentralized stablecoin dai spelled dai also <clears throat> depegged last night and the reason for that is because at some point the people behind dai the the what do they call the uh, uh, decentralized autonomous organization yep. made the stupid decision to back dai with usdc <clears throat> so the original concept behind uh, dai wasn't a bad concept yep. the original concept was Hey, let's make a dollar based stablecoin without using the dollar. And so they did things like they do what they call over collateralization. So they take cryptos like Bitcoin and Ethereum from people. Yep. And you have to put in like, I don't know, two hundred percent of uh, you know, whatever you get into the actual coin. So like if if you put in two hundred percent uh Bitcoin, then you get half of that in dollars I, I this is a rough approximation sure. yeah, of yeah. how this works but the idea is as the price of bitcoin and these other assets go up and down if you've got in way more right. than the normal value then if it's if there's a drop it can sort of absorb it's that it's sort
1: of the opposite of fractional reserve right you have yeah you have over collateralization yeah. over twice as much collateral as you need to do business
0: which sounds fine but then at some point they were like why don't we put some USDC, a centralized stablecoin, behind our decentralized stablecoin and surprise? When USDC went down to eighty-seven cents and eighty-eight cents last night, Dai was also down to eighty-eight cents. At the the, same uh, time.
1: the depegging of USDC caused a ripple effect uh, for five different stablecoin projects. This is as mm-hmm. of seven hours ago. Uh, GUSD, Dai, as Gemini you mentioned. USD, yep, yep. also depegged. Dai, as you mentioned, Frax, FRAX, never heard of that one usdp i did i've heard of that and usdd are the Mm. five that also saw uh it's brutal
0: out there right now Uh, i wanted
1: i I wanted to get peakless's uh opinion on uh, the silicon valley bank because from what i read
2: um before i get into that i actually wanted to uh just note that what's amazing to me about this is so you have not only the number two stable coin but a bunch of other stable coins all And, like, Bitcoin's going nowhere. Yeah, Yeah. all at the same time. And the Bitcoin price, no, it's fine. Well, I mean, Bitcoin is
0: fine, right? Like, it has nothing to do with the stable coins.
2: Well, no, that's not true. So a lot of people, what they do, they put their money on their exchange, then they'll turn it into stable coins to hold on to for when they want to throw it into whatever coin. Sure. So... So the fact that that it hasn't really gone up and hasn't really gone down is really amazing. Like you haven't seen so many people uh, getting freaked out that they go, oh, well, I better pull my uh, stable coins out into dollars. You haven't seen them go, oh, I better put my stable coins into the cryptos that I want before Mm -hmm. they go down further in value. You've just seen it kind of stay the same place.
0: Yeah, I see what you're saying. You're saying that people probably should have been freaking out last night and bailing out of USDC and getting into something else maybe they got into tether maybe they they switched from USDC to the other stable coin which is the number 1 stable coin yeah. USDT tether in fact last night uh the USDT price was at like a dollar 2 oh so the price of tether was going up which does suggest that maybe that's what was going on Hmm.
2: Yeah, but uh, people still have enough confidence that they'll be able to get in and out of Bitcoin that it hasn't moved up or down.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I haven't looked at it either, but I uh, somebody wrote that uh, Monero (XMR) was just fine as well; that it hadn't
0: moved. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's take a look here at the Silicon Valley Bank situation. Uh, You know, Peakless, you weren't here last night for the discussion that we had. Is there any sort of initial thoughts you want to get out there? Otherwise, I do have some stories that we can get into with what might have happened, what some people are saying happened. And I have kind of a specific yeah. question
1: for Peakless. So. Uh, go ahead.
0: Yeah. Where are you yeah, want to start? Go ahead. Uh, so I, I was reading about SVB,
1: uh, Silicon Valley Bank. Not to be confused with SBF. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or SRV, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Uh Silicon Valley Bank. See what
2: happens with all these acronyms, man. I'm telling you.
1: Yeah. Uh, we'll bust out the evil book of acronyms, the Acronymicon. <laughs> Uh, A little later. Uh, So uh, everything I read about SVB said that they were acting about as conservatively as a bank could, even though their Mm. niche market was tech startups. Like they had put a bunch of money into it. Was it bonds? If I remember Mm. reading correctly. And because that was uh, like supposed to be a conservative stable move for the bank. And it's literally because of the Fed's hike in interest rates mm-hmm. that this has occurred. So if you can yeah, you know, so
2: walk me great. through I, that I, as I, a layman. That's where, because... I to, that's where I wanted to get started anyway. Okay. So, um, so here's uh, my understanding of what happened here. So uh, a while back, of course, they gave us all you know, a bunch of money and we had no opportunity to spend it. So, of course, what did people do? They uh, took all that money that the government gave them and they invested. Okay, well, mostly what that means for people is that they put it in the bank. So Silicon Valley ends up with this, you know, flood of deposits and they aren't able to make enough loans to uh, to be more profitable to compete with the other banks. So they put a a huge amount of that money in mortgage backed securities. Remember those from the 2008 crash? (laughs) I sure did. I've heard of that, yeah. Right. So, uh, it's pretty simple They take a bunch of mortgages, wrap them together and cut the, cut the thing in, in slices and sell those slices. So they're, they're considered to be really, really safe. Um, thing is what they weren't expecting was that the, uh, that the federal funds rate would increase the way that it has. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Private equity Powell comes along and in order to keep the dollar from just inflating into oblivion, he starts hiking rates faster than pretty much ever. Now, what that means is that treasuries, uh, which is, you know, a promise that the government makes to pay a little bit more dollars down the line, those go up in value. Which means that people start moving their money out of bonds, out of these mortgage-backed securities, and into treasuries. Because with treasuries, as long as the government exists, they're going to pay you your money. So it's ultra safe, but there usually was like zero yield on this
0: Mm, thing. Until recently.
2: Right. So now people are making money off of it, so they pulled money out of the mortgage-backed securities, put them in treasuries. That means that the mortgage-backed securities, these bonds, go down in value so once those go down in value now people now people get a chance to spend all their money so deposits aren't rolling in if anything they're losing deposits mm-hmm. so this bank still has to make its its bills it has to pay its personnel and all of that so uh they were expected to be able to hold on to enough money to pay all their bills but they weren't. So they end up selling these bonds at a loss. Now that freaks out a bunch of investors because they, they're like, oh, I thought you were holding on to enough money to pay your people, but they weren't. So a bunch mm. of investors start pulling out of this bank. Now that gets the regulator's attention. So they start looking into this bank and going, wait, how much was this that that's on your books actually worth again? Now that gets a bunch of other investors to start selling their stock in mm. this bank. And it just, uh, it pretty much snowballs from there. So is this,
1: uh, and I'm probably oversimplifying, but it seems to me that it's just A lack of cash. I know we talk frequently here on Free Talk Live about how, you know, there's far more dollars in existence uh, in the ether than there are in the physical world. And there are Mm -hmm. far fewer dollars, right? Like there are not enough physical U.S. dollars to represent all of the dollars that are being spent. And so Mm -hmm. is that what we're seeing here?
2: Yeah, and I've got uh, uh, thanks to Lynn Alden. I've got some hard numbers on that one. So uh, the banking institutions have deposits of seventeen point six trillion dollars. Now, the 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 amount of money that they've actually held on to and uh, not invested in things like mortgage backed securities and treasuries and all that are three point one trillion now the amount of actual hard in your hand dollars and and coins that they've got yeah. is less than a hundred billion so 0.1 trillion less than that so yeah pretty rough this is way all less the banks than one the
0: United States that you're talking yeah. about combined
2: yeah The uh,
0: story from Yahoo Finance says that the interest rates have soared from 0.25% to 4.5%. So when you talked about the Fed Mm -hmm. raising those interest rates, they say it was 1,700% in less than a year is how Mm -hmm. the Federal Reserve raised these rates. And then, as you pointed out, the customers were basically saying, well, why do we want to sit our money with Silicon Valley Bank and make point?" zero zero one or whatever their you know whatever whatever crap can uh bank savings rate you're going to get when they can go into the u.s treasury note according to this that offered nearly triple the yield of their uh, svb's long-term bonds it says your svb's portfolio of long-term bonds yielded an average of just 1.6 percent and you could get triple that on just a two-year treasury
2: well, so it's that, but it's also happening everywhere all at once. So all of the other banks are making the same decision. Mm-hmm. They're going, hey, why should I buy bonds? Why should I buy these mortgage-backed securities since I can get an absolutely sure thing that gives me at least a little bit of yield here? Why should I uh, have take the risk that you won't pay your mortgages like you did in 2007? Right. Okay so so all these other banks are also moving this money into treasuries instead of these mortgage backed securities. Okay. Whereas uh Silicon Valley, they're stuck. They already agreed to like a 10-year term on these things Mm. so that they could get decent rates on them so that they could compete. So they are stuck in that and they have to sell it as it is.
0: And that's why it says here that they sold 21 billion of bonds at a loss of $1.8 billion in order to shore up their liquidity. But that led to the run on the bank that you described where people got caught wind of this. And that's why you saw the uh, SVB stocks apparently tumbled 60% in uh, pre-dawn trading or whatever, and then another 60% after the markets opened. And then Mm -hmm. before you know it, they're frozen and and taken over by the FDIC.
2: Yep, exactly. The FDIC reaches a point where they're like, oh, well, according to our math, you cannot ever pay these people back. Mm-hmm. So they stop trading because the the thing's collapsed and they say, "All right, we're selling off your assets."
1: I was at uh, dinner last night uh, before uh, well, I was here in town in Keene anyway, and uh I was chatting with the uh, the bartender guy and I was like, "Hey, if you got any money in SVB, you should probably get it out." And he's like, "I heard something about that. What's that about?" And I said, "Well, It's kind of like with uh, property tax, how you never really own your property, Mm -hmm. that you're always a perpetual renter uh, from the government, because even after you pay off your mortgage, uh, you still have to pay the government rent, otherwise they take it away from you. And he's like, Mm -hmm. well, I don't like the sound of that. And I'm like, whether you like it or not is irrelevant. Mm -hmm. It's a true fact that if you pay off your property and don't pay your taxes, they're going to come and take your property and sell it so they can get their money. Mm-hmm. The same thing happened with the bank, because he was asking, why did the FDIC take over the bank? I said, well, it's the same thing, right? The, the Feds can come in and just sort of take over and decide to run it themselves because they're the Fed, and that's what they do. It's the same thing. These banks don't actually own uh, any of their money. Uh, they are subject to the rules of the FDIC and the Fed in general and the other banks above them. And if the FDIC decides that it's time to take over, they're going to do that, which is exactly what happened.
2: Well, and one of the fun parts of this is that the very regulations that Silicon Valley pushed for in their lobbyists are the ones that are doing them in now. Right. So they pushed for a bunch of regulations to make sure that even fewer people could possibly compete with big banks like them. And now those very regulations are uh, hoisting them by their own petard.
1: Huh, weird. So government created the problem?
2: Well, the banks uh, empowered government, and now government has turned on the on this bank.
0: Well, one of the big questions, of course, here, is the government going to bail out this particular bank? There's a lot of money involved. This was the 16th yes, there largest bank. There's a lot of big tech uh, corporation types that apparently had accounts at this bank. USDC, the stablecoin we talked about earlier, alluded to the idea that they are too big to fail and that the feds need to swoop in with taxpayer dollars to bail out this, what was it, $200 billion in deposits? Anyway, there's more coming up here. You can share your thoughts. It's Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs.
3: You guys really are. Having an
2: impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important
3: issues
0: years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio,
3: I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on joined the Free State Project and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because. I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty.
0: You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com. AMPS.freetalklive.com. Yeah! live and you can join us here the number 603-283-6160 at 603-283-6160 you can bring up absolutely anything that you want to discuss ian captain kickass and peakless mountaineer joining you you can join us uh, online anytime over at freetalklive.com do enjoy the features that you will uh, find there, including our social media platform. It is a Mastodon-based system. That means it's self-hosted. That means that we're running the thing. We set the rules, and there aren't very many rules, except for like don't spam and don't be snitching. Right uh, on the Free Talk Live server. If you're going to be doing that stuff, you're not welcome. But otherwise, your opinions are certainly welcome. At social.freetalklive.com. That's social.freetalklive.com. We've been uh, consulting with Peakless Mountaineer here, who is, I would say, the resident financial uh, expert on the program. He, he talks a good game. He plays, uh, pays close <laughs> attention to what's going on out there. You're, you're already familiar with the details, uh, the ugly details of this Silicon Valley bank story. And as as we've learned here so far tonight, it had to do with the federal government and their supposed fighting inflation (laughs) by. That they created. uh, Targeting, you know, increasing these interest rates, which apparently resulted in the Treasury bond interest rates going up higher than what this particular bank and probably other banks uh, were earning on their various investments, like you mentioned, mortgage backed securities and other things that they were investing in. So customers were pulling out their money and going and putting it in treasury bonds and things like that. Well, they didn't have the money to uh, make available to their customers uh, because it actually it turned into a run on the bank.
1: Yeah, a good old-fashioned bank run. Right? They tried mm-hmm. to
0: sell a bunch of their assets before they could really do it and then took a huge loss, but they still wasn't enough uh, to cover all of their costs, and so now they're upside down. And they've been frozen by the government. The FDIC has stepped in. And, you know, the mainstream media here, some of them are saying, oh, well, you know, don't worry. I've got this uh, Yahoo article that says, uh, let's see. I believe see. it's
1: pronounced Yahoo.
0: <laughs> it says, I'm skipping down to the bottom here. Is there a risk of contagion? well if it sounds grim fear not despite all of the drama it's hard to see the downfall of silicon valley bank leading to lasting damage across the wider (laughs) financial sector except for for it's like all of the tech companies for two for two main reasons first banks are extremely well capitalized thanks to strict post great financial (laughs) crisis banking rules second few banks have such a concentrated exposure to risky startup companies like svb peakless uh what do you think about this Uh, you know is this mainstream media p- perspective correct? Is there anything is there anything to be concerned about here for anyone else in the other well, banks?
1: And, and before Peakless gives his response, I just want to say that uh, at least as long as I've been alive, whenever there's been something in the news that may have, we'll say, catastrophic effects on, <laughs> on society or whatever, the news has always been like, oh, don't worry, like mm-hmm. every time. Like, uh, they think we're about to go to, oh, don't worry, we're not going to go to, and then we go to war. Right. Oh, they're not going to drop any bombs. Then they drop bombs. Oh, you know, this financial situation. In 2008, right, when this stuff, when, when the cracks first started to be seen uh, before the crash, uh, all of the media that I saw, the mainstream media, was all, it, it's fine. Mm-hmm. We'll recover. No problem.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh absolutely the their analysis if you want to call it that is literally laughable mm. I mean okay so the, they talk about oh well they had exposure to all of these uh, all these tech startups that's true mm. that had nothing to do with this mm. None of this was caused by the tech startups, the tech startups were doing fine. Yep. It's that they didn't have enough money to cover their costs. Right. And oh no, the, the, the other banks, they're, they're very well uh, financialized. So the, the line here is the uh, $250 billion line. But here's the thing. The top four banks Uh, You know, uh, Chase Bank or J.P. Morgan, uh, uh, Bank of America, like all of these are doing the exact same thing. They also don't have that much money because because here's how this works. They print an unbelievable amount of money. So now all of the banks have to scramble to make more money than the inflation is causing. So they can't hold on to enough dollars to actually pay all of their depositors or even come close. Right. And in this case, they can't even pay their own staff without having to sell their investments because all of a sudden, oh, well, I had no idea that we would actually fight inflation. Is
1: uh, I, I've seen people speculate specifically about the tech companies who bank uh, either completely or partially with SVB. Uh, that there's some concern as to how many of these tech companies are going to be able to make payroll right. next week, much right. less next month. The it's, tech what's...
0: companies were doing fine until SVB went under, and now they may not be able to right. survive.
1: Right. So I'm I'm curious, like, how valid are those concerns, Peakless?
2: Extremely. So uh one of the big issues that is happening is a bunch of companies that they didn't bank with SBV, but it was one of the ones that they went through for payroll. So there mm. are companies now that, like, well, we were going to fire people, but now we can't afford their uh, uh severance pay. Jeez. And and there were a, a, a bunch of ones that like uh let's see what was the other thing but yeah so they they can't afford to fire people they can't afford not to fire people because they can't get <laughs> at their money to pay them right. for the work that they've God. done now that SB, uh, SVB has crashed
0: do we have any names of who these companies are like some are there some biggies we would all know
2: about uh none that none that i know of okay. it's it's tremendously a common yeah like and here's and here's one of the fun things so like uh, one of the like absolute breaking moments that would completely collapse everything is so Chase, uh, J.P. Morgan Chase right. runs the exact same way. Now a whole bunch of people have started to move from uh, Silicon Valley Bank to Chase to get their payroll done. So depending on how that goes. I mean, Chase will either gain tremendously because they've stolen all of Silicon Valley Bank's uh, customers. These are basically. the ones who are
0: able to get out is what you're saying.
2: Right. 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 Exactly. Well, and, and that's the thing. Like, you've got to do payroll one way or another, and everyone has decided that banks are the way to do payroll. Mm-hmm. So now they've got to go through another bank. So, so they're.
1: I, I just want to uh, I want to get your opinion because I I'm drawing parallels here. And I don't know if they're founded or unfounded. So in 2008, I remember uh, WAMU, Washington Mutual, uh, right. s- sort of being, I I wouldn't say that they're the reason of the clip, but they were sort of the straw that broke the camel's back, if I remember correctly, Right. Uh, when, so- when they started diving. And eventually, J.P. Morgan Chase was the beneficiary, and they basically purchased all of WAMU at some point on down the line. Mm-hmm. And yep. so, if I'm hearing you correctly, it sounds like the same type of thing might be happening here.
2: Exactly the same thing is happening here. So, uh, Washington Mutual was the number one bank crash; like it was the largest bank to collapse in our history. This is the second largest bank to mm. collapse in our history, and once again, J.P. Morgan Chase is picking up all of the property. Wow.
0: Well, don't worry. I saw wow. that Jim Kramer said that uh, J.P. Morgan <laughs> Chase is a citadel or some word like that. They're really strong. They're they're impenetrable. Oh, Ooh. boy. Apparently, he also said that people should invest in SVB earlier this year. I saw a clip <laughs> yeah, that, about, that somebody posted, yeah.
2: Yeah, about, uh, I think it was a month ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah uh he really is he he's he's like a shaman honestly i mean he's <laughs> the reverse like reverse
0: kind of shaman he
2: really is he's the reverse shaman of good financial the wisdom <laughs> i mean he even predicted who would lose the super bowl by showing up in their jersey so wow
0: <laughs> amazing uh, but yeah
2: so and, and if I mean, it's much less likely and it's going to be it's going to take a lot to bring down J.P. Morgan Chase because mm-hmm. they have built connections with their regulators for over 100 years. Mm-hmm. So that one's going to be tough. A lot of people are just going to look the other way no matter what.
1: Well, look, I'm not trying to scream, uh, you know, everybody bank run. Get your money now. Like, you know, that's just not me as a person. Mm-hmm. But at the same time. If I got some money in that
0: bank, I'm going to do whatever the heck I need to do to get it you out. You mean also. any bank? You
1: mean and, any bank? And, and not just that
0: bank, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can't get it out of SVB at this point. Well, I, unless you're less. You know, unless the FDIC makes you. They're hold.
1: they're going to open on Monday, according yeah. to what I read. The FDIC is going to open right. Silicon Valley Bank on Monday under their control or whatever. And apparently, anything under two hundred fifty thousand, you can get that. Uh, supposedly, yeah. now I don't know how that works. I don't know. What it's like to walk into a bank that's been taken over by the Fed
0: I suck even worse than normal
1: bank. <laughs> like you know, customer service um, has just gone out the window. Any semblance as, of customer service they might have had previously. Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, one like comfortable thing for the customers, the like less than three percent that had less than two hundred fifty thousand there. It's the exact same staff. It's just that they instead of trying to remain open will be closing. So uh, FDIC is just going to keep everyone in place. To close this thing down, um, they they expect to have it done within the next week, is what they were saying. Mm. So, I- and given that they don't have that many people to worry about, yeah, probably. But the the ripple effects on this are just huge. Yeah, I think and, that's
0: what we're not even uh, you know able to really predict, right? I mean, not only do you have these tech companies that could be going out of business unexpectedly right. because they can't make payroll, they don't have access to their million dollar bank account. Gosh,
1: if only uh, there were an alternative to banking where you could store value
0: outside of the <laughs> banking industry. Right? But what are some here of the other do. ripples that you are predicting here, Peakless?
2: Oh, uh, well, so. Yeah I mean it, basically the 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 system is so interconnected that any one of them especially a major one going down like this was supposed to be too big to fail mm-hmm. and as you've noticed this happened way too quick for uh, even if they wanted to for for the the federal government to step in and say no no we'll cover you like no this happened in like 48 hours well but couldn't they like,
0: still i mean there are there is talk obviously about the federal government coming in and bailing out this bank that could still happen right
2: i would bet dollars to donuts that it is not going to happen so uh and that's just i mean policy is personality now the person who is the 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 chair of the federal reserve right now private equity powell he is not like any of the other chairs that we have grown accustomed to they are all academics whose only jobs have been in government and in in the universities always now he on the other hand he comes from the stock world he's the he comes from the market now granted that is a very controlled market but it means that he has a different set of priorities and a different way of seeing these things and he has done everything to show no the so-called fed put is not going to happen this time Mm. because if he doesn't Now, if he turns on this one, especially if he leaps in to save this bank, then inflation is going to go through the roof. Like at that point, we are looking at potential Weimar Republic status. Why would that be? I mean,
0: we're only talking 200 billion dollars in deposits, right? Like for the federal government, that's like chump change.
2: Sure, (laughs) they can do it. They can do it, but I mean they printed two because... trillion over
0: here, two trillion over here for COVID and all. I'm not advocating it, but I mean, why would this go to Weimar levels right. and it hadn't
2: because, before? So there, there's a handful of things that they absolutely cannot do. Like he was asked, "Hey, do you want to aim for three percent instead of two percent?" He cannot do that. Uh, if he were to bail this out, they cannot do that. If they were to remove the debt ceiling entirely. They cannot do these things because if they do any of these things, people will lose so much confidence in the U.S. dollar that it will plummet. They will move their dollars to, to gold, to silver, to Bitcoin, to pounds, to yen, to rubles, to yuan. They will get them anywhere except the mm-hmm. dollar if they start behaving that
0: way. And when you say they, you mean like international other bankers and such. They're going right. to empty well, their accounts. Other nations, too. Right. That's right? what I mean. Yeah. Central banks.
2: Right.
1: So Exactly. I, I, I want to know, so this one bank is what we're talking about right now, Silicon Valley Bank. Their niche market was tech startups, tech companies. Mm-hmm. Now, the world runs on tech. Uh, the Silicon Valley-based tech companies uh, have a A large impact on humanity uh, all around the globe, as they say. What are the odds that come Monday some other bank is affected by this
0: and has something similar happen?
2: Almost impossible to tell.
0: Well, we've already seen there was – I don't have the headline in front of me right now, but here it is. Uh, Daily Mail says in their headline – That First Republic, PacWest, and Signature Bank stocks are down by 50% on Friday on this particular news. So you're already seeing some pretty big bloodletting in the world at the least of the stocks of these banks what that's going to lead to monday you know a lot of these banks are closed on the weekends right, right. so like is there are there going to be lines of people at the teller come monday at these other banks that are ready to pull out their funds well, and i wouldn't blame them if there were right are
1: our banks like i know the united states is mm, weird but like banker's hours, Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, right? Mostly closed on the weekends. Some
0: are on Sat- some are open Saturdays and occasionally okay, rare, like
1: the rare bank is for, open Sunday. Right, but for the consumer deposits, right? Mm-hmm. They're they're not open for You can't get a loan or whatever. Yeah, right? they're not and they're not open for like the stock market things like that. Mm-hmm. Um so do the rest of the banks around the world follow that suit? In other words, are yeah, banks outside generally of work. the US able to take Any actions to insulate or protect themselves from fallout from this now before Monday? Or are they all sort of just waiting for Monday to occur?
2: Um, For the most part, there's very little they can do because they've locked themselves into all of these bonds and treasuries that they can either get rid of at a loss now or they can hold on as long as they can keep paying their bills and then when those come due they'll be at a profit but that's it's really up to the people now if people are shaken up enough about this then they start
0: uh-oh oh. we have uh, a frozen peakless i don't know what he was saying it's not here. even that cold out yeah <laughs> it's strange because i think we still have internet access so it must be over so. over there on his end the video feed looks uh, live i'm so. sure he'll bump uh jump back in here but it's definitely going to be something worth watching. And like I was saying, I mean, uh, Bonnie's got an account over at TD Bank. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, they're open on Sunday. Wouldn't be a bad idea to just go on down there and take some funds out. I, you know, and, and I was saying this last night. I'm not a financial advisor or anything like this. Yeah. I'm just saying, if it were me, right. and it's not, I'm not allowed to have accounts at TD Bank anymore. But, uh, but they're open <laughs> on Sunday. And so if your bank is open on the weekend, probably not a bad idea to at least take some of your money out. Now, I mean, you still probably have to have a bank account these days for various different yeah. reasons. But uh, do you need to have what you have in there or could you do all right if you took down the account by 50% or or whatever, yeah. right? Like, you know, maybe you could store it at home in a safe or something like that. Obviously, there's no truly safe place to keep your funds, right? Like, you, it's... You know if your ca- if your house catches on fire, then uh, right. you know maybe you've got a fireproof safe. but uh, there's there's always risks, right? Whether it's government yeah. seizure of your money in a bank or from your house, which of course has happened uh, to me right or it's you lose your cryptocurrency wallet uh, password or the the secret words that you need. Yeah. you know it's still best to have a diversify a diversification oh, of yeah. your your money in different places and
1: like to me, I think. The tangibles, you know, for the lay people anyway. Oh, I I don't know enough about crypto. I'm afraid of crypto. Okay, fine. Uh, Move some of your money into gold. You know, I I think that the tangibles are where it's at. Uh, Even, you know, odd stuff like uh, you only think of like prepper type stuff or post apocalypse stuff. Move some money into stuff that you could resell later. Ammunition, Mm -hmm. always a good. Tangible product that you can hold its value. Resell, holds
0: its value yep. just fine. Um, Alcohol, cigarettes, yeah. toilet paper. You know, uh, toilet paper takes up a lot of space. So. Okay, but yeah, consumables.
1: Yeah, certainly. If if you can afford to do a little stock up now, now might be a good time to do it. We don't know what's going to happen on Monday. I am very concerned about what is going to happen on Monday morning uh, with banks, just in
0: general. I want to know who the the victims are here uh you know i haven't seen much yet there was a co- there was a article i found i was looking for like svb or silicon valley bank clients yeah i wanted to see who was there and the, the bank itself had like a success stories page where they showed some of their clients and nothing jumped out at me as knowledge you know i had never heard of them before okay. uh, but the, this article here from the daily mail says roku which is a very big no. tech company, uh, the the streaming giant had twenty six percent of its cash reserves over four hundred and eighty million dollars tied up in Silicon Valley Bank. I mean, I'm
1: almost reasonably certain
0: that not every,
1: but a whole bunch of the early uh, disruption apps, um, you know, Uber, for example, uh, mm-hmm. would have at least had some business dealings with SVB.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's what I want to know is who who is this going to affect? Who who this weekend is running around like a chicken with right, its head yeah. cut off trying to figure out how they're going to keep their business afloat when they didn't do anything wrong. You know, Roku didn't do they didn't run their business wrong by choosing bank A over bank B. Right. You have no idea when you walk through the doors of a bank how fiscally responsible these people are. And as the article that uh we didn't get into because thankfully we have Peakless Mountaineer here. This Yahoo Finance story says that Silicon Valley Bank just did what all banks do. They're not—they di- didn't right. do something that's and, considered crazy. In and the in banking fact, world. they
1: acted conservatively.
0: Yes, they were not right. acting like
1: they weren't taking unnecessary risks. And like say you know, uh,
0: the FTX exchange was right.
1: with uh, customer funds. Right. In fact, they right. were acting more conservatively than you would expect. So but
0: it just goes to show that the system is so effed up. Yeah. that even the most conservative moves for bank investments have been undermined by the federal reserve's actions yep. and of course they're intra you know uh, intrinsically in, uh, intertwined right like these bankers are the federal reserve and the federal reserve is are the bankers and they they're all part of the same club yeah. but at the same time the federal reserve isn't isn't likely to bail this bank out but let's go to the phones here we got a caller on the line uh caller what is your name you're on free talk live Hello, caller. You're on the air. Going once, call Go. caller going twice. All right, let's try Ricky in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Ricky.
4: Thank you, there, brother Ian, and good evening to the other gentleman. I didn't catch your name.
0: It's um, the Reverend Captain Kickass. What's on your mind tonight, Ricky?
4: Are you Captain Kickass tonight, Ian?
0: No, that's another person.
4: Okay, so he's Captain Kickass.
1: Correct. Right. We're both here in the studio talking to you.
4: Okay, so who are you tonight, Ian?
0: Yes. What were you calling about?
4: Okay, well, this is an interesting one now that I'm totally confused. That being said, uh, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about Facebook and private companies. And I came to an interesting observation that I've never heard anybody say. Okay. Now, one of the things about Facebook is they are totally, definitely not free speech. They'll ban you in a second for the stupidest reason. That's right. you know what their answer is? Well, we're a private company. We can do that.
5: Yeah, that's true. Okay,
4: fine and dandy. I understand that, but here's the problem. Here's a conclusion I came to. Facebook is on the New York Stock Exchange. Plus, their stock is public and also publicly traded. Anybody can buy it? Anybody Mm -hmm. can trade it. It's not private stock, and you can't have it both ways. It's one or the other.
0: No, it's a private company. A
4: private company.
0: It's a private company that offers its stock to anyone who wants to buy it. Right.
4: It's public stock, not private stock. You can't have both. That's completely illegal. That doesn't mean they're not
0: a private company. They're still their own company. They still you know, make decisions without consulting their stockholders every day to find out what the stockholders think. It's just you have right, the ability as a public, uh, publicly available stock to purchase and trade and, and things like that. I mean, are you right, suggesting that the federal government about. should regulate Facebook? Or take over it completely and run it themselves?
4: Well, here's something to think about. I have an answer to that. But when you said about stock, see, when you have private stock, that means all the stock has to get approved by the board of directors. Mm -hmm. You know, that's something to think about. That's not the case. And as far as Facebook being regulated, uh, I think the problem is, most of all, is their answer. Is what? uh, They're all about money and advertising. That's the whole follow-up, you know? Nothing else matters,
3: Ian.
0: All right, well, don't use their service then. Thanks for the call. The number here is 60... I don't use it. I haven't been on Facebook for five years. I still use it. I don't miss it. The number is 603-283-6160. You can join the show here. Hour number two is on the way. If you want to weigh in on the banking situation, feel free or whatever. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can join the show here. You can bring up anything you want kick off the second hour. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can join us online anytime. Just head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features we have waiting for you there. Once again, that is freetalklive.com. We got Ian, the captain, and Peakless Mountaineer in the studio tonight. Also joining us uh, unexpectedly, we have Greg from New York, who's visiting in town, uh, joining us on Mike 3. Welcome, Greg.
1: He airdropped himself in
0: here got to grab that mic, Greg, not the camera. <laughs> camera's not going to help you here. Uh, what up, everybody? All there right. he is. So there you go. Uh, and, Greg, you live in New York City uh, where you're pretty close to a lot of these big banks and such. In fact, it was you who gave me the heads up yesterday that this story was breaking. Uh, so you've been following it for, uh, for a little while, I guess. And uh, we do have, as I said, Peakless Mountaineer back. He's weighed in in the first hour. But, Greg, you just asked before we came back on the air— why did this or you wanted to know you wanted to know if we wanted to know why it happened we've been discussing that but what did you have to say about it
6: oh my goodness uh yeah i'm in the tech industry and i hang out on uh, sites like hacker news you um, don't have
1: any money in svb do you no okay good okay, no my goodness. goodness i i feel better for you
6: i no i build software to be alternative to the banking system so no, um, I will say this, though, is that uh, this is a great example of the federal government having an outsized influence on our economy. in this mm-hmm. case, what they did is raise interest rates. I mean, everybody knows this. This is not like a you know, hokey yep, this was big thing. news last year. And if you look at any mainstream analysis of why the Silicon Valley Bank went uh, under, it's because they had bought bonds at a low interest rate, back you know, relatively low, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, compared to what they are now. Right. So when you mark-to-market bonds like that, um, you're essentially taking a loss. First of all, if they had bought the bonds this year, they would have been higher yield. So those bonds with lower yield are much, much less, worth a lot less now, relatively. And mm-hmm. who did that? The Fed. Right. So unintended consequences. They want to clamp down on inflation. They say sometimes people can lose their job. Well, they weren't able to do much of that because uh, employment's still high. But what they have managed to do is make sure that a lot of these banks buying the bonds, their portfolios are now worth a lot less. Okay, Mm -hmm. And so a lot of banks are probably looking at that and being like, okay, you know, our balance sheet becomes lopsided now. We don't want to have a run on our bank. So this is actually a very important thing that I think the federal government will have to start dealing with uh, now. Um, But this is a risk that we haven't seen yet. In 2008, we saw banks taking on risk in and of themselves. But here, they bought one of the most stable things that people would normally associate with stability, which is backed by the full faith and credit of the U.S. government. Except, of course, it's now worth less because the U.S. government decided to put out even more high-yield bonds. So, yeah. They uh, undercut themselves is what you're saying. Yeah, in an attempt to curb inflation. So the federal government uh, you know,
0: isn't the Federal Reserve per se. The Federal Reserve is a private institution that's kind of inherently tied in with the federal government because they provide the money, uh, the dollars, to the federal government. The Federal Reserve is made up of private bankers. So essentially, they're kind of. It seems like they're screwing over their buddies in the banking business, or at the very least, the Silicon Valley Bank and any other banks that that got into these bonds at the lower rates. And they're just going to maybe let SVB fail and let whatever the fallout is that comes from that happen, in order to protect the dollar's sanctity or the federal government. Is that I what's don't think going
6: on here? It's going to fail. I think that the private market will step up and buy. The Distressed assets of the bank, which happens a lot. So, the FDIC, like JP comes, Morgan Chase, for example, maybe. Uh, I mean, there's huge consolidation in the banking industry, we know this, and there are too big to fail banks like JP Morgan. This one is not too big to fail, but at the same time, it is an attractive takeover target. So, it's likely that many of these uh, account holders will actually be fine after really? having. Well, if another bank comes in mm-hmm. and makes good on all of their – these are liabilities that the bank has, right? So whenever a bank gives, out, you know, uh, gives you an account, that's a liability because realistically you can come anytime and take the money. Mm-hmm. And if you transfer it to another bank, then they'll have to move the money to that bank. So for the bank, it's the opposite of what it is for you. For you, it, you think that there's a balance there, but actually it's a liability of the bank. And the fact is, the bank can't cover all its liabilities. They're all insolvent. Not if everybody comes in and tries to pull it out. That's right. right. And so the whole game is to give you enough confidence to not do that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so. Which is why the SVB
0: CEO earlier, apparently last week or this week, was telling people to.
6: Stay calm. (laughs) It's like when they ask Trump, what's your net worth? And he's like, it depends on how I feel that day. There's a little bit of truth to that because sentiment really does affect a bank's uh, rating. And so here's the thing. I, as my type of libertarianism, I don't make a distinction between the government and the corporations. Like, I'm against centralizing power in any form. Mm. Uh, and so I don't care if the banks get together and make the Federal Reserve banking system and Woodrow Wilson decides, okay, a secret meeting, and now we're going to have the Federal Reserve system. Okay, well, now we have that. Well, given that, that we have that, they have a responsibility. And Milton Friedman said the same thing, actually. He said, well, given that it exists, it should have bailed out banks Um in, before the Great Depression, and it like was asleep at the wheel. So given that it exists, it should know about consequences of its actions, but it seems to be just raising interest rates like a cowboy. It's like, <laughs> well, this is what we're going to do. and uh, hopefully, Consequences be damned, apparently. It, it seems. So you think, yeah. just to make sure, I, I don't
0: understand how all these you know assets or liabilities of the bank work, but you're saying that what could happen here is the svb bank or silicon valley banks whatever it's got left whatever that is is going to possibly be sold to the highest bidder like uh chase bank and like what uh, pennies on the dollar
6: and what does that mean to you're shaking your head so no, no, it's like mean? any other business mm-hmm. so the shareholders of the bank are typically wiped out these are people okay. the shareholder class and again i'm speaking as a left libertarian here the shareholder class is a, p- a bunch of people who take a risk in the beginning, sure, and then though they expect to always get these like profits or dividends or mm-hmm. whatever. There's no profits now. There's They're no going to go to now. zero or whatever. Right, right. Mm-hmm. and that's the same thing. Let's say okay, you have a business, Amazon, and it sells to a customer, right? Mm-hmm. So there's two parties here. Amazon serves the customer. The customer pays Amazon. Seems fine right but the shareholders of amazon want a little cut right mm-hmm. and if they don't get it the stock goes down because why have the stock right if there's no dividends if uh, nothing's happening so the shareholders are this extra like person there was like okay i bought this thing i want like i want my cut right so those people are wiped out uh, when 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 but, but Another business comes in and says, okay, what are your assets? What are your liabilities? If we take you over, we're getting all your accounts, right? Mm -hmm. And they're pretty nice accounts. I mean, these are VCs who have been banking there Venture capitalists, yeah. Yeah, venture capitalists. And what's more important is the engine of uh, startups, right? Uh, I'm a little biased. I have startups, but I've never taken on VC capital. Mm -hmm. But uh, they are the engine of progress in the sense that they create somewhat new products that people are willing to buy. And they create new it's not a zero-sum game like it is with trading stocks. It's positive sum because they find things that people want and are willing to pay for. right? Okay, so that, but
0: yeah. go back to the takeover thing yeah. here. So this bank has more liabilities, presumably, than it does assets, right? That's why it's failed. All banks do, though. Right? Yeah. Uh, but this one got particularly bad, and the customers started pulling out funds, so it made the, ba- the imbalance worse than it made the most, imbalance balance, worse. Uh, most banks. So, yeah. why would Chase want to come in there? They would have to take on the liabilities in addition to the assets, wouldn't they, in order to take
6: over? That's where the insurance company comes in. Okay. So, when you're uh, a private insurance company, not the FDIC? The FDIC. Okay. So, what happened is that the, the state of California basically said, All right, you're done. And we're calling in the FDIC. Mm-hmm. It was the state of California that pulls that lever. Okay. Got it. Then, FDIC comes in, and FDIC is actually funded by the banks. So, some of your money, or some of the bank's money that they create uh, backed by your money, right. uh, goes to pay the insurance premiums to FDIC for exactly these types of Black Swan events, and so the FDIC is literally an insurance company like Lloyd's of London is for reinsurance right, right
0: but don 't right. they only insure accounts up to two hundred fifty thousand? Yeah yeah, they direct well that 's going to only affect three percent of this bank account or this bank's account, so how does that help?
6: Uh, Chase. Yeah, and this bank is special because this bank has a lot of, like, startups, and none of them right. have only 250. Yeah, they got or, millions in, in right. the bank. Yeah. So how does that help Chase with its takeover? Well, whoever—so FDIC is going to shop it around, okay, just like they've done with other banks 2008. And right, I
1: remember like, in 2008, the eventuality with Washington Mutual was that they got absorbed by JPMorgan Chase, which is yeah. why I brought that up earlier. Ah,
6: Yeah, they change the sign on the bank. Have you seen Mm -hmm. this happen? Sure. People see it all the time. You get the branches. The same workers go to work. The same Mm -hmm. customers. Nothing changes for them except a few little, you know, the signage changes. Maybe the policy. Maybe, I don't know, they have different HR departments. But, like, mostly everything stays the same. And that's Mm -hmm. the point. So the FDIC is actually one of the institutions in the U.S. government that provides stability uh, for the banking system, forcing them all to pay for this insurance so that in this kind of event, the insurance company comes in. Just like, let's say your house got you know repossessed by the bank, a bank or whatever. They're going to try to sell it to someone, right? And that someone will take the inventory and there will be a bidding process. And at some point, uh, someone may make a good offer for it and say, okay, I'll take on those liabilities and I'll make all of the account holders whole. Of course, they don't have to. Maybe the best offer is I'll give them 80 cents on the dollar. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. But until and that then happens. And then they'd be happy
0: to get something instead of nothing. Yeah. So we don't know what it's going to look like here. No, so the, the account holders could end up with full account rest- restoration. They could end up with 50%. Who knows? A bank
6: basically. with a healthier balance sheet or a mm-hmm. bigger you know stash would go ahead and buy up this distressed bank. So mm-hmm.
0: How long is that going to take, do you think? Do you
6: have any idea? I'm not an expert on it.
0: It
1: could be a fire sale. I'd like to get Peekless's opinion on what Greg has said thus far.
2: Yeah, so one of the – from my perspective, one of the most interesting things about this is that when another bank ends up buying this, uh, presumably a much larger bank. So a lot of those tech startups today are involved in cryptocurrency development. So now we have a giant bank who is uh who will have control over the the tech startups that will be investigating their competition.
3: Hmm.
7: That's
2: what a point. and
1: what I'm sorry, can you say that again, but in like a little bit more layman's terms?
2: Okay. So let's so let's say one of the big four, you know, Bank of America or JP Morgan Chase or yeah. whatever. Uh let's say one of them buys up this, this bank, okay. right? So now, whichever uh, whichever startup companies didn't you know get broken by this deal because they couldn't make payroll, they're like, okay, well, we furloughed our employees, and they were okay with that, and they actually came back to work. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now you have these startup companies that are still banking with this bank, only it's under the big four, right? Right. Now, if those startup companies, which a lot of them are, are working on cryptocurrency development, now their bank is their competition. So the the Uh, thing about cryptocurrency, it's the big competition to the banking system. Right. And the biggest beneficiary, obviously, is the biggest bank. So now, say J.P. Morgan Chase goes, "Oh, I don't like what you're doing. That might actually cut into what I'm doing. So I'm just gonna make things a little harder for you. Close I'll their slow account. down this. I'll make this a little bit more difficult. I'll make you fill out extra paperwork. Mm-hmm. And depending on how tight of a of a ship you're running, like that might crash the company."
1: Is there an exit for these tech companies with cryptocurrency currently like are is there enough infrastructure are there alternatives for them to use to run their companies using crypto
2: yeah absolutely so number one stay out of the big banks Like, unfortunately, a huge number of cryptocurrency companies do not get the fact that they are in competition by definition with the banking system. So they're acting like they're just some other tech company when, no, no, you're trying to steal their meal ticket.
0: A lot of these banks uh the ones that are willing to work with cryptocurrency companies don't make it easy uh i spoke with a guy that runs a bitcoin vending machine operation here in new england he's been following the crypto six case very carefully with the interest he's a libertarian yeah and he says it is so difficult like he says you basically you gotta know somebody it's kind of like the mafia. He, mm-hmm. he described it as you've got to know somebody in banking. Kind of. And even then, they're still <laughs> going to make you jump through all kinds of hoops and ridiculous requirements just in order to service an account. And the same thing was true for the marijuana mm-hmm. uh, shops when they were opening up. It was very hard to find banks who were willing to open an account for a marijuana business right. and it was the rates were higher as far as like what they would charge to do basic banking services. Right. They had to add like, a special tier just for the marijuana clients. So that may be what you're kind of referring to here, P. Uh, if they don't close, just close outright the accounts for crypto businesses at uh, Silicon Valley bank that they may highly restrict them and increase fees and things like that
2: yep increase fees Uh, denying them loans is a big one because Mm. in the business world of today basically everything runs on paying your loans with your loans so Mm. if all of a sudden your bank will no longer offer you loans that's another way that you might be close enough to failing as a business that that pushes you over the edge
6: I want to bring up, uh, on this show, on this episode, I want to bring up Intercoin a little bit because okay. I feel like I, I have a lot of experience with this now. Okay. okay. In the last four years of building crypto. Yeah. Five years now, I should say. It's been five years. So uh, for people who don't know, I'm Greg from New York. I call in. I have uh, two companies. One is a social company, uh, social networking, which is Web2. And one is Intercoin, which is builds Web3. And so the ethos... And the entire uh, mentality is very different. It's about decentralizing the power. And essentially, it is this network that runs a smart contract. And all the business logic is... Verified by 10,000 computers, let's say. So it's very hard to circumvent any of the rules in the smart contract. What's nice about that is you can then, for the first time in human history, have confidence in a program that's not running on your computer that is going to do what you think it's going to do. Okay? Or what people say it's going to do. Like Uniswap, right? A lot of people have used Uniswap. This is a decentralized exchange for Ethereum tokens. That's right. Mm-hmm. No one that I know of has ever said, well, if I make this liquidity pool out of the Uniswap factory, right, create this new instance, which has the same code as every other instance, that is going to somehow rug pull me or steal my money or become insolvent or whatever. Because by definition, the code makes it solvent and it's always going to do what it's supposed to do.
1: As opposed to what we're seeing in the banking industry right now. Where there's
0: no transparency whatsoever. I mean, you don't know. The customers have no idea what level of shenanigans uh, are going on at these banks. And And even if they did, they have
6: no control over Mm -hmm. what the bank will do. They can only switch to another bank. And this is the difference between what I say. A free market is good, but there's something even better than a free market. A free market is when you choose a vendor and you have choices. Like a landlord. You have choices of landlords, but you still have a landlord. Mm-hmm. This is a new thing. It's an autonomous thing that is not self-interested. It's not a landlord. It's not a vendor. It's not self-interested. It just runs whatever code is supposed to run. Right. And so you can trust it to do the thing and not act in its own self-interest. It doesn't need to skim a little bit off the top. It doesn't need to make backroom deals. It's just a thing. And so... If free market is choosing a landlord, and that's good, and let them compete, this is better. This is open source uh, software that for the first time you press a button and it creates an instance for you with the exact same code as every other instance, and then people can audit it, vet it, and say, you know what, that's good. So these protocols, whether it's the Web 1.0, HTTP, or whether it's 2.0 or 3.0, it disrupts these centralized entities like... Back when the web came out, there was mm-hmm. America Online, there was CompuServe, there yeah. was, you know, right? But you had to make a backroom deal, again, uh, being the good graces of Steve Case, who uh, was like the Mark Zuckerberg of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve Case ran America Online. So you had like keyword New York Times. And if they didn't like you, they could kick you off Yeah, versus the web, which is like, if they kick you off, it's your web server. You just like put another one out there. It's permissionless. It routes around uh, censorship. For the most Mostly.
0: part. Mostly, uh, unless the, most. the federal government goes to the domain name uh, provider and then rips your domain out from underneath you. But How often does that happen? It, but, uh, it does happen, uh, but there are people that are working on uh, decentralized alternatives. Yeah, unstoppable domains, that, for yeah, example. That's yeah.
6: right. Oh, we're talking to them next week, by the way, about, nice. yeah, you want nice. unstoppable communities.
1: I, I I looked into it briefly. I bought a domain uh, for it's Captain Kick-Ass, and, but I've done nothing with it. I just have it. And like everything was like, okay, you only need to buy this once and it's yours. And I was like, well, okay, I'll figure it out later. And I haven't delved into it yet.
6: And that's the difference between web one and two and web three, ideally. So web two, you still need a landlord. Typically you're on, and you guys know this, like if you're on TikTok or if you're on Instagram or YouTube, you could get kicked off. if right. you're, on, you're yep. deep Our friend
0: uh, Breaking the Flaw, Joe, just got kicked off of YouTube, I think yesterday. Oh. His channel's gone. Yeah, people complained about it. They got him taken down. Uh, luckily, he is on Odyssey, so you can follow him there. So yeah. if you were looking for
6: breaking the flaw, that's what happened. That's the thing. Yeah. People said, they when they love uh, what drives capitalism, they say, I built it, I own it. And But yeah. if you take it to its logical conclusion, you own it even when it's become bigger than you, and it'd be, it's a public forum for the public, you still own. Think about that. Privately owning a public forum. Right. So there's a little mismatch there. So I like the idea of I built it, but I don't own it. You think, Okay, so what do I get out of it? Well, cryptocurrency takes care of that with utility tokens. But the idea. So it used to be I built it. I own it. I sell the shares and then the shareholders own it. And then the shareholders get to say how to run Disney World or how to run the thing. Right. With utility tokens, that's not the case. The utility tokens is like if I sold the Disney dollars to all the park members and there was only me or rather only Disney World vendors and customers. You cut out the shareholders, which is what I was saying before. Okay. That's a new world where there is no private ownership of that activity. Filecoin is a great example. Filecoin, there's just a market of providers and customers, and there's code that run, that, that is in between. There is no middleman. There's no Uber that takes 50% of your revenue right. for a few engineers. I think that
0: uh, a lot of people like the idea of cutting out the middleman, and that yeah. is... Ultimately, what cryptocurrency has been able to do to the world of banking is, you know, we don't need the banks anymore. Those people are out, uh, but they're not going to go away quietly, and they're going to make a lot of noise, and they're going to attack. And that's what we're seeing happening with the federal government. Of course, uh, they're gangsters, uh, are going after various different cryptocurrency companies They've gone after uh, stablecoins recently. They've gone after cryptocurrency exchanges. They've gone after peer-to-peer exchanges, like, ATM like, providers, right? Like uh, yep, crypto uh, vending, vending machines. machines right. Major uh, crypto vending machine provider, uh, Bitcoin of America, was uh, taken down a couple weeks ago. S- their machines were seized. Dozens of machines in Ohio alone. They apparently had twenty-five hundred machines nationwide, and those guys are facing dozens of felony charges. So, like the the banking system and the system are going to fight this because they know that this is serious competition to their oligopoly. There's more coming up here. If you want to join the show, the number is 603-283-6160. You can join us on the radio here. This is Free Talk Live. free talk live phones are open here if you want to join us uh it doesn't have to be about the bank failure of silicon valley bank we've certainly spent the first half of the show on that and the various different potential ramifications of that the you know the uh, the ripples that may be coming off from that what's going to happen what other failures may cascade away from this one?
1: something to talk about a few Need a yeah, well,
0: i well, happy to get to that here. But actually, Jet's been on the line uh, for a little bit. So That's I want good. to get to the calls uh, here. The number is 603-283-6160. We do have Peakless Mountaineer with us uh, remotely. It's Ian, Captain, and Greg from New York with us here in the studio. But let's go to Jet, calling from wherever he is. Jet, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead.
7: Yeah, Las Vegas. Um, do, I, uh, do me a favor. Back off that phone. phone. phone.
0: You're, uh, you're pretty distorted. you don't mind.
7: The How's that?
0: Uh, go ahead. Jet, Jet. Is that better? Go right ahead, sir. Okay.
7: All right. So I thought that you guys should, uh, since we're getting close to the, uh, the magical fraudulent day of taxation, mm-hmm. I um, wanted to share some information with uh, the audience. First point, I wanted... Everyone to know that, whether they do know this or not, every one of the 535 members of Congress, as well as the president, vice president, know that there is no No obligation for anyone to file or pay taxes.
0: Hmm. But they go on anyway. Well, the jury in my uh, Crypto 6 case certainly seemed to think so. (laughs) And uh, they're going to try to send me to prison over it. Even oh, though yeah. the IRS no, agent yeah. who was on the stand admitted that I may not owe any taxes whatsoever, right. didn't matter to the jury. And you know, I can speculate on why that is, but it's probably because people think that well, I got to pay, so you got to pay. Right.
7: That's exactly it. It's the, it's the mass delusion. Anyway, so I've got another little story for you. Okay. Um, what's the upon a time, <laughs> anyway, the uh, my next door neighbor. Used to be an accountant for a manufacturing company. Over the last few years, he's not been very friendly to us, and I didn't know why except that I want to also tell you that his son has not been very nice either since uh, he wanted to date my daughter, but she would not go.
8: Hmm.
7: So two things have happened. A couple of years ago, the father signed on with this gang called the IRSs,
8: mm-hmm.
7: and and now. I get this letter demanding that I report to his office to explain how I make my money and how I spend it.
0: Hold on, your next Another door neighbor is, joined the IRS and he's now directly harassing you because your son, your daughter, wouldn't date him or his uh, his son.
7: No, that's a different part of it. It's just oh. that um, it's the audit thing, and uh, you know he hasn't liked certain things, like this tree hanging over.
0: You know, under but what's the connection between by. your neighbor and the IRS? He, he actually works for them now?
7: Yes, he got a job. He went from his manufacturing mm. job to the IRS. Wow. And now he gets to you know, lord over me. The okay. Worst part, another worst part is the son, um, after graduating high school, got a job with the local gang we call police.
0: Mm. Oh, boy.
7: So in the last year... I've been pulled over five times just outside the housing development for some stupid stuff like uh, turning on red with traffic, going 38 and a 35, the tag light was out, touching the white line, you know, of the lane, you know? So so as you recall, um, my calls lately have been regarding the magic that happens when just other average people, neighbors and strangers, uh, obtain a title or a job, you know, um, to be our masters and uh, either obey them or face punishment? Yep. Well, um, I seriously would love to have a more in-depth discussion about this magic that takes place. Okay. Because uh, when these people, I mean, this is something I think that if everyone thought about it, if everyone really understood it, that they would see that these are just other people who have no more rights than you or I.
0: So, um, Indeed. So how deep, much more deep do you want to go though, about this? Because you, know, you can. Well, I want to
7: go deep in the, in the respect that um, if everyone can somehow move or change their imagination from thinking that somehow these badges and uniforms and titles and offices somehow make a difference beyond this individual. If people would just look at them, talk to them, or respond to them as though they are just other people, the world can change. So yes, um, the discussion I want to find out is, what is this magic? Because I don't understand it. I mean, we, we say that it's delusion. We say that it, it's illusion. But there's something else
2: there and Go
0: go ahead peakless
2: it's respect i mean there's there's three major components of why people believe that these you know costumed characters with their papers and badges have some kind of special power now there's the carrot which they can print money which is what we're talking about tonight there's the stick which they can beat you up torture you throw you in jail kill you uh, without anyone, you know, raising a fuss, mm-hmm. and uh, fundamentally, it's people respect them. You know, they look so great in their uniform and their robe, and they look so official and potent. So people come to respect them.
1: Yeah, there's the whole, this, about, have- uh, the whole thing about the uh, whole thing about. Oh my gosh, aren't aren't men in uniforms so attractive? Ugh. Right. This this whole I don't even know what you call that, but I you're you're on the right path for sure, Peakless. I reduce it down to belief. Right, Mm -hmm. because it is it's just like religion. You you make a choice to believe a thing and you believe it because there's not evidence to support it as fact. It's a belief because it's not supported in
0: fact. Well they told you it was a fact when you went to their school. Right. And so even though it's just an
6: opinion. And look at all these things the schools, the police, right? All these uniforms. They're from the government, right? They're from these big centralized entities. There's no free market, Mm -hmm. I think if the neighborhoods were able to vote every year to renew the contract with the police agency or get a better police agency, give some other one a try, right? Mm-hmm. right.
0: That'd be a huge difference. Guess yeah. what
6: they would face? Market pressure. Mm-hmm. They would have to actually get to know the people. And maybe their policing would be like, oh, well, Bobby, you know, is uh, he didn't do that well in school and he's do- having some trouble. They might actually work with the local pastor. Oh, or, and mm-hmm. provide yeah. some like sane level of... Customer service, service, perhaps. Yeah. That's the thing. So it's, you know, it's a very interesting form of respect where like the police, are, I, I come from New York City, the police, we have the biggest police force in the world. Okay. Mm-hmm. We rent it out to other countries, NYPD. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, our tax it's like dollars. It's third
2: biggest army. Mm.
6: It's an army. It's an army. And our tax There's dollars go more traffic go to bureaucrats it. in New York City than there
0: are people living in Keene, New Hampshire.
6: So when people said, you know, defund the police, a lot of people were saying maybe the police budget... Is too big. Mm -hmm. But what I'm basically saying is perhaps it should be what it is, but the market should decide. So if my neighborhood, if I meet a police officer and not me, but like anybody, anyone in the world, if they meet a police officer, ideally that police officer should know them since they were 10 years old because they're from the neighborhood Mm -hmm. and like they would have a talk with them. You know, that would be more effective, wouldn't it? So if the police are going to carry guns, and that's the other the thing is of course, you know, in in the United States, every, anyone can carry a gun. Most so the police the, are very trigger happy people, because they're worried. Go yeah, ahead, go Jeff. ahead, sorry.
7: I got to say. Can you Most of these people though that we're talking about do not have badges or uh, uniforms. They're their clerks, they're congressmen, they're um anything in between. They're, you know, the local DMV clerk for example.
0: Um, Well, not many people respect the DMV clerks. I mean, Uh, they just... Well,
2: well, now hold on. They obviously respect them enough to obey them. Well, they obey them because
0: they know the men with guns are going to get called if they make a scene. Right,
2: well, I mean... So these clerks, they send out these pieces of paper that have these magical seals printed into them mm. or painted on them, and they go, oh, you're part of a big thing with lots of people, some of whom will shoot me. I, so I wanna... I'm just this one individual. I better do what this big thing's telling me to do.
1: I want to clarify the term respect uh, in the same way I want to clarify the term authority. Now, there is an authority where there's somebody who's an expert uh, building crypto communities. Greg is an authority on building crypto communities because he's done it a bunch. I would consider him an expert, and thus I respect his opinion on those. There's the other kind of respect, which is we have all of the guns and the batons Mm -hmm. and the cages that we will throw you in, and so therefore you will respect our orders.
0: It's not earned. It's just... Through fear. Right. Exactly. Well, and any time you well, can disagree no, with no, me, I,
6: you can't disagree with those guys. Right. Yeah.
2: I wish it was just fear. Like, the fact of the matter is that this this is so deeply imprinted that the majority of people honestly believe that what is holding society together is this threat of violence. Right.
0: Thank you, Jet, for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Let's go to Jerome in South Carolina. Jerome, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Okay. Well, Jerome, you're on the air. What's on your mind tonight, dude?
8: Yeah, I got a couple of stories I got to bring up. One of them's about West Virginia. They're offering people money to come live in West Virginia. Did you see that story?
1: No. What's going on there? Is this yeah. similar to the Utah thing where they're like?
8: Um, the population and the jobs, they, they need more people coming there to take um, those those opportunities. So they're paying people money to come live there. How much? It's like a bonus something like $2,000 a month or something like that. Uh, I, know, okay. I can't remember the oh. exact amount, so, uh, but I'm not moving to West Virginia, though. Why not? I love it here in South Carolina.
0: Yeah, That's I heard Vermont like, no, was going to do this a little while back, gonna too. Gonna go I think it was like seven grand or something that you would get for the first there year, but a, you had to stay for a certain amount of time or something like I that. I
1: think before I moved yeah. here, so in 2017, 2018, there was a something, I think it was Utah, where they were offering you $10,000 uh, if you were a technical professional of some sort, mm-hmm. uh you could work remotely and all you had to do was relocate to mm, somewhere in Utah for like a year. and at the end of that year, they would just give you ten grand,
6: really yeah, and you can work remotely, yes, so in wait. fact, that was I think that was a requirement. so wait, you work remotely from another state too.
1: Right. Yeah, you move to Utah, work remotely from there for your
6: job that from Utah. Right, yeah. Okay. From a job that, you know, whoever,
1: Silicon Valley for example, I don't know, somewhere, whoever employs you there, but because they needed the population, yeah, it, they were like offering 10 grand in incentives. It's like, mm, So this is
6: by the way, uh communities offering money to people for doing things, that's a form of possibly a universal basic income. What I want to say is, instead of offering ten thousand dollars to people, how about offering, you know, its population some perks? Utah has something; it's called uh, housing for the homeless. If you're homeless, they'll just give you a home. Funny enough, and and in fact, that turns out to be more cost effective than Who's putting they? them in jail. The US go- uh, the Utah government. Well, program.
0: in this case, West Virginia is offering former residents twenty five thousand dollars in tax. Uh, rebates basically or tra- tax credits mm. so you don't get yeah. a check but you don't have to pay as much in property tax or or whatever yeah.
8: I got another story the one about uh, fox being sued by this uh, voting company Dominion for a mm. billion dollars what's that Are they about have to pay that well they have proof that uh well everybody knows they lied about it because uh, it was good for the ratings They admitted that they lied about election fraud because it was good for their ratings. And Murdoch even said, oh, yeah, they lied. So they're being sued for a billion dollars by Dominion. So Dominion is this
0: uh, big bad voting machine company. We've heard about them before.
8: Not no big bad voting. Oh, company. I bet you they they're, are. If they're if they're
0: running good. electronic voting machines, there's a good chance that they are part of the problem of backdoors and manipulation on voting. That's what people have been saying Look, for a long time admitted, about them.
8: Rupert Murdoch admitted that they lied about election
2: fraud well, because well, they well, wanted well. to boost their ratings. So Rupert Murdoch said he does not believe it. What does Rupert Murdoch know? What, he's suddenly an expert now, Jerome? He, know, he said he know they lied.
8: They lied about the election fraud because it was good for their ratings. He called
2: Trump crazy. Well, so look, that, that stuff, code not is open not open source. You cannot look at what they program it with. The it's only true. reason you would want to do that is if you're fiddling with it.
6: Exactly. Look, you just uh, Captain Kickass just called me an expert on uh, some of the crypto stuff. Called you an authority. Authority. Mm-hmm. Yes. Look, as an authority on it, to Captain, <laughs> you know, it's all relative. I'm an authority to you, Captain Kickass. Uh, globally, I guess I I have done a lot of these things in the last five years. So three years ago, we wrote a uh, a column in CoinDesk. OK, because mm-hmm. I happen to know the person uh, who runs the head of content at Coindesk, uh, Michael Casey. He was appointed there and we spoke and I wrote this article back then. There was a lot of election problems in Utah. Uh, I think. Yes, I think it was in Utah. Does anybody remember in the primary uh, th- there's usually New Hampshire and then mm. the next one is Utah uh, or one is of those? It? OK, I, 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 I don't it know. It who may not be Utah. New Hampshire. The, the app malfunctioned and for mm. a few days they couldn't find the result. Okay, And back then, so I wrote an article which showed all of these election problems around the world like that a few months earlier, Mm -hmm. all the Israeli voters uh, database was leaked and everybody's information was. Here's the thing with crypto you can know. It's open source, and that's exactly you what you're You can have saying. a
0: voting system. I know Intercoin is working on that at intercoin.org. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, Intercoin. Uh, so people that are interested in actual open source voting projects, that's one of them, Jerome. That's that's what we need to have, is where programmers is can Fox actually go in and audit money? the code. Go ahead. Is Fox going to have to pay that money? I don't care what happens to Fox News.
8: No, I'm just I I, I, I know you don't care. Yeah. I just want to know. Because they're saying, "Well, it's freedom of speech. It's freedom of speech covered oh. under the line of you lie okay, so about a story, and it's
2: freedom you
6: hide behind freedom of speech."
2: Defamation. I can tell you for a fact that the they thing. will not be they will not have to pay that because they have determined in court that Fox is not a news company; they are an entertainment company. Mm. They've already been brought to court for lying in the past, and that's what the court found.
0: It's mm. mm. a good point.
6: Well, what about? I just have a question. What about Fox News? Isn't that right in the name? The, uh...
2: yeah, that's right. And you can label your company whatever you want. It's
0: still entertainment. Go ahead, Jerome.
2: I can uh, like I can label it Grade A meat, and that's the name of my meat company, even though all of my meat <laughs> is Grade Z.
6: Because personally, like I grew up uh, seeing this Fox News uh, phenomenon, and I will say. Uh, news Corp actually News Corp is the uh, Rupert Murdoch's company is called News Corp. But mm-hmm. I will say this: um, Fox had always the straight news people, okay, uh, like Shepard Smith who left Fox, and then a few others uh, who also left Fox. What's his name? Uh, the guy who did the debates. He looks a little bit like uh, Millhouse grew up uh, from The Simpsons. What, uh, he talks like oh, I what's don't his watch name? debates for the most oh, part. Um, Doesn't matter. I forgot. He was a straight news guy. He interviewed Bill Clinton, whatever. So they had straight news people. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, there's one left there, Brett Just one. Okay. That I know from the old, They probably added more. But most of the other people were opinion people, like Hannity, Mm -hmm. like used to be Bill O'Reilly, but now um, they had Tucker Carlson in his spot, who I think is a lot more entertaining, honestly. So yes, they are an entertainment company, but they had a news wing, didn't they? Like with all the straight news newscasters and giving you the straight news. So what about that?
8: <laughs> their lies caused a riot at the Capitol. Okay? No, they didn't. <laughs> a and that wasn't a
0: riot. Oh, riot. It caused, caused a guided a tour. Yeah, that was, there, there was no so, one rioting oh, yes. at the Capitol. Jerome. Hey, Jerome. Oh,
8: you get Jerome. That from, uh, who'd you get that from? Uh, Carlson? It was a I did Florida you watch city. that?
2: Did you uh, watch that? Yeah, Have I you watched the? Not... And you still hey, think it was what a riot?
8: Let me ask you this. Why don't you ask the cops what it was? They were, they were
0: trying cops to, are liars, um,
2: Jerome. I mean, where have well, you been co- all your life?
6: I saw
8: that Some of the
2: footage I, I was the seeing, video. the cops were saying that it's a setup. That's what they were saying.
8: I saw that, but I saw that video. There ain't no way in hell that was a dog got a tour.
0: Why would you uh. want to ask cops for their opinion about something when you should know you uh, as a, a man in your 50s that the police are liars? They are professional liars.
6: They cannot be trusted. Thank you, Jerome, for the call tonight. You know, it's legal for a police officer to lie. It is. Oh, yes. And they have qualified immunity if they go much further than lying. They can do a lot more than lie. They sure can, yeah. Uh, but entrapment is a thing. And uh, so there are ways and the supreme court now has rolled back some of the they've questioned some of the immunity that was previously uh bestowed upon the, the when,
1: when they've been forced to okay
6: yeah, yeah i mean it's it's a it's little it's a little thing you know that they give you but most uh most juries as uh some people know uh in the grand juries they will uh indict you most of the like ninety eight percent. They'll the indict
0: time, a ham sandwich. And that's what they say. Yeah,
6: if a, if a cop brings a case, they'll be like, "Oh well, uh, certainly the we'll trust the police on this one," and uh, but but if a cop is the one uh, the defendant in the grand jury, they indict much less uh, than a regular yeah. person. So
2: yeah, and while they're legally allowed to lie to you as much as they want, you are breaking the law if you lie to them.
6: Yeah, most of the time, yeah. That's why exactly. it's always a good idea to to stay quiet, in my opinion. Uh, Very but, interesting dynamic. You, I can lie to you as much as I want, and I can uh, pretend. Hey, what about that thing you did that I don't know about? We have proof. And uh, you, if if you slip up in any way, that can be used against you in a court of law. Captain, mm-hmm. you said there was
0: something you wanted to discuss here tonight. If uh, if you wanted to, there is actually,
1: and it has to do with, uh. This article from vice.com, something that was in the news not too long ago that sort of faded away, might be making a comeback. The headline reads, the Boogaloo Boys are plotting a bloody comeback. We Mm. will go to war, says the headline. Sounds like something Vice would publish. Okay. It does, yeah. (laughs) I haven't heard anything about the Boogaloo Boys for... Uh, a year maybe i mean or so they they had a like pre-covid like i remember us talking about them and they had
0: an event in new hampshire during covid there was one at the state house that i went up to cover and there were maybe about five guys that came out that were pretty libertarian dudes yeah actually so there's this there's this sort of mainstream media profile on the boogaloo boys that makes them sound like right-wing racists or whatever and that was not at all the case uh, with these guys at this particular event. These, these were straight-up libertarians, they were not racist, uh, and they were in favor of defensive, uh, you know, using force only in defense. Sure. Uh, but what are they trying to say, advice? Well,
1: uh, with their trademark Hawaiian shirts, tactical gear, and AR-style rifles, the Boogaloo Boys burst onto the American protest scene uh, in 2020, according to this article, testing the limits of open carry laws while rallying around shared fantasies of armed insurrection. Uh, the, the ones
0: that are talking about armed insurrection are probably federal agents. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh,
1: I, I don't disagree with you.
6: By the way, it's not like there isn't a history of uh, of the federal government infiltrating uh, Absolutely. groups. And in fact, as someone who's a oh, yeah. left libertarian, I can tell you there are decades of McCarthyism followed by COINTELPRO. Like it was a national security issue to bust. Uh, what is it? Lefty uh, professors and lefty uh, uh, socialists. It's like, oh, we can't have that kind of free speech in our country. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when the shoe's on the other foot, now I see a lot of people saying, well, I'm getting deplatformed by private companies. Or sometimes working with the Twitter papers showed that the federal government was involved. Yeah. But that has been going on, on the uh, busting the left since I don't know. Yeah, and- uh,
2: And with the Twitter papers, one of the things that came out is that the feds were saying, you know, you guys are so much harder to work with than these other big tech companies. (laughs) And it's like, oh, wait, you mean when you pay them millions of dollars and they take everyone you tell them to off of their platform and they're the ones that are hard? Oh, when they... When they suppress direct messages because it contains something that would hurt Biden's chances of getting elected, Mm -hmm. those are the ones that are hard to work with.
6: And this is why I'm against the centralized control. So, you know, during Obama, they had the the thing, I built it, I own it, right, because they had that debate. But the thing is, if you own Twitter, if you own Facebook, if you're Elon or Zuck, or if you're Rupert Murdoch or you're Ted Turner with CNN, right, or whatever, or Jeff Bezos with buying a newspaper— Here's the thing. You're one person. The governments of the world or whoever, corporations can go and ask you to do whatever you want. Whatever you can, because you can restrict all these private messages. If you're an owner of a lake in uh, India or whatever, and you own an entire lake, Nestle can come and say, well, why don't we just use your lake to dump into? I'm against centralized control for that reason of these huge things, because the people should be able to decentralize their power. There's more coming up here.
0: You can join the show. Hour number three is on the way. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. We'll talk more about the Boogaloo Boys. Boys. Uh, the number, 603-283-6160, allegedly. Allegedly. The, the people claiming to be Boogaloo Boys for the purposes of the Vice article, at least. More coming up. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. The phones are open if you want to join us here. We're kicking off the third hour of this live Saturday edition Coming up a little bit later on tonight, Beard Talk Live is, I think, kind of come back this week. There were some technical difficulties last week that prevented things from happening the way they normally do. And we believe we have remedied those issues, so fingers crossed. Thanks to our crack team of producers. Hey, I don't use crack. Uh, but uh, we did get the job done, we think. So uh, you'll find out tonight at 1030 Eastern. Uh, here on our video streaming platform so if you're on the radio sorry you won't hear beard talk live because it is uncensored there are no fcc sensors involved we don't have the dump machine you know it's not active during beard talk live it's video only you can obviously listen to the audio feed yeah. but you have to tune into one of our video platforms and we prefer odyssey so just go to watch.freetalklive.com at 10:30 eastern time tonight and you'll be able to see beer talk live which- and i just want to say while we're on this show
1: thank you to free talk live for providing us the infrastructure to do this show uh there have been some folks who you know you know how people are in the chats they're rude and oh, you yeah, know, all that are. kind of thing so there's been some folks like well fix your damn stream and it's like okay you know but we do this uh for no pay there's yeah. no money behind this uh, it's a completely voluntary thing so uh you know we appreciate free talk live uh, allowing us to use their infrastructure to do this show
0: well and it's thanks to listeners like machine 3125 who is a diamond level supporter wow, here wow. on free talk live and i believe that is 50 dollars a month so thank you uh, we only ask for five so nice. machine 3125 is doing 10 times what we ask for so thank you so much for the support uh diamond or rather uh, machine 3125 is a member of our amps program amps stands for Advertise, market promote and support it's a way for you to directly support what we do here on free talk live unfortunately at this time due to bail conditions and such i can't touch cryptocurrency so we can't take crypto uh donations at this time but uh we can still use the centralized banking system as as long as it lasts (laughs) Uh, so you can donate to that over at amps.freetalklive.com that's our patreon system amps.freetalklive.com we're going to go back to your calls and thoughts here. Uh, it's Ian, Captain Kickass, Peakless Mountaineer. We also got Greg from New York here with hey, everyone. us. Uh, but let's talk first to Gigi in South Carolina. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Gigi.
9: Good evening, everybody. Yes, Gigi. I find it so interesting, and I'm saying this facetiously, and I hope all of our wonderful listeners across this good old US of A are listening. Are we going to find out in the near future that somehow, some way, at some point in time, Dr. Fauci knew exactly what was going on and that people were coerced, and I underline that word, into multiple boosters, vaccinations, and lockdowns of this economy? What do you think, guys?
1: I mean, I think m- at least the three of us, I don't want to speak for you guys, but uh, <laughs> I already knew all of that <laughs> and have yeah. known that for some time and been telling people for some time. So uh, do the facts now, uh, you know, support what I at least have been saying here on Free Talk Live since the whole thing kicked off? I think three yes years ago. I think yes mm-hmm. is the my answer. You guys uh, my- so-
2: go ahead.
9: I'm sorry. I beg your pardon. I interrupted.
1: No,
2: go ahead, Gigi.
9: Oh, thank you, sir. And my other point of contention is, why did it take the Justice Department two years to investigate and come up with 86 stupid pages on the Louisville Metro Police Department for being, shall we say, irresponsible and unfit to... Protect and serve as you guys always know. What are you emphasize. referring to? Oh yeah, I'm not well, familiar with this story. Louisville, the police department, the Department of Justice came out with Merrick Garland at its head all over all over the media, every form of media all this past week saying that the Louisville Police Department for the past two years has been unfit to protect and serve, and I'm paraphrasing now, towards black residents and people of color, and they are basing it on what happened with Breonna Taylor's murder. Uh, My question is, why should it matter whether Breonna Taylor is black, Chinese, polka dot, or pink, the fact that she was killed by reckless cops?
0: Well, what are they going to do? I mean, they came out with a report... And I do have their press release here, which came out on Wednesday of this week. Uh, Justice Department finds civil rights violations by the Louisville Metro PD and the county metro government. Com- right, so
9: now what are they going to do to clean it up? That's the question. Nothing. I agree with no, you.
0: Nothing at all.
2: Nothing going
9: so, hey, so, to happen.
2: So there's there are reasons that these things take so long. One of them is just pure incompetence, this is government we're talking about, you don't get to fire them, so they have no incentive to be efficient now the other reason is that they, and this also ties into your question with Fauci, with any of this while people care about it they cannot admit the truth as soon as people don't care about it, then they can admit the truth. Mm.
6: And not only they don't care about it, but they're intimidated to not really caring that much. I mean, uh, some people can accept this in other countries. Like if you ask them, hey, what does the Russian public think about the r- the war uh, in Ukraine? They're going to say, well, they're intimidated. They can't tell you what they think. Right. But they don't realize that in this country... Um, which, by the way, has the greatest freedom of speech of any country. And even Noam Chomsky, who I interviewed as a big critic of the United States, I got him to admit that freely. That mm-hmm. um, just goes to show how bad government is in other places in the world. Sure. Okay. That This is the best and the most freedom of speech. People are still uh, very reluctant to go and... Uh, Really go up against institutions like well, the police, or in this case, Doctor uh, Fauci uh, and and the. Uh, uh, let me just say this one thing. Again, thanks DG for the call. I do appreciate it. Thanks DG. The corporations are working with the government. So the pharma companies. Last time we saw them lobby the government is when they literally wrote Medicare Part D under W. Bush. Okay, they literally that where they said that Medicare cannot negotiate against the drug companies like right. in every other country <laughs> the nhs in uh in the uk negotiates drug price. like everyone negotiates but then here no because the lobbyists wrote the bill the, the pharma and then the aids the way it works is the aides of these congress people they're the ones writing the bill the congress person themselves yeah, they don't write it. and then these aides go and work for the pharma afterwards which is what happened with medicare part d now the these revolving form, door the revolving door and they had the same matt taibbi had a great uh uh article, great writer why, why isn't wall street in jail this was after 2008
1: I that was an article that made a huge impact on me yeah, well, yeah I, I read that article and i was like this is spot on and i've been a fan of taibbi since then so yeah, oh, yeah. like
2: these well, and, industries and, and, that's regulatory and, and capture this, go so, ahead sorry Uh, Just real quick, and this is why, as soon as they're done being politicians, these big pharma companies, for example, will hire them to speak at their offices for unbelievably huge fees.
6: Sure. That's right. So I'm saying this should be an issue that, you know, people on the left used to say because it was W. Bush. They only seem to complain when the other guy is in,
0: prison, of course. in charge, right? And Fauci, of course, has been in multiple administrations. I mean, he's a true yeah. bureaucrat. He's not a political. I mean, I'm sure he's political in order to get his, his position, but sure. he existed whether it was Trump or whether it was Biden or whether it was, you know, whoever the hell else yeah. uh, in office. He's been there for 40 years or something like that before he finally retired. And so, you know, normally, government bureaucracy does drag its feet on doing investigations and coming out with the truth. A lot of times they wait until someone has passed away. Uh, That way they can be held to zero account for their actions. Somebody else (laughs) apologizes (laughs) on their behalf 20 years later or something like that. It's brushed under the rug. A few news articles come out and business goes, quote unquote, business goes on as it normally would. And they have this phrase, mistakes
6: were made. Very yeah. passive voice. Right. By whom? <laughs> yeah. By whom? By you guys. So, oh, that was the But they would never make
0: more mistakes. We're really a good government now. Well, this is Whoa. the thing. Whoa.
6: We are a democracy. So, what happens is, oh, the previous party is the ones that made all the mistakes. Right. We're in charge now. So, whatever they did, we've cleaned it up out now. Don't talk okay. about George W. Even Bush. Even though all, Don't all the about Obama are yeah.
0: exactly the same as they were under the previous administration, oh, we changed out a few heads of departments and so now everything's different. Right, sure. And
6: everyone always well, says, what is it, Biden? Uh, what, Obama lifted the, the, uh, the embargo on Cuba, right? He lifted mm-hmm. it. I remember him on Jimmy Kimmel being like, Reading the mean tweets, bro. Do you even lift, and he's like, "Well, I lifted the embargo on Cuba." <laughs> <laughs> that and was he should great. have. That, that was, that was great. the right thing and to then, do in that case. What, I mean, what is Cuba in fact? What danger does Cuba present to us? Do they have nukes? Nothing. They're starving. Like, uh, what exactly are we defending against? Do they make great cigars? Right. And then Biden. It. And then Trump comes in, removes it. But then Biden, right, his VP, uh, Obama's VP, keeps it in place. Like, and the same with the migrants. The same with a lot of things. So they say they're going to do something. They. Come Come in, they don't do it, and then it turns out you're just as bad as the the, the previous guys. Anyway, that's my rant for, for what's going on. Nice. Let's continue yeah. here.
0: Uh, we have Rob in Vermont. Rob, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Hey
7: hey, thanks for taking my call. Sure. I got a chance to meet Greg a couple of days ago and
4: you know, off here we were talking about Ross Perot. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to ask him, and I I know I've asked it on the show before, but I don't remember if I asked
3: Greg, if he had won the election,
6: where would we be today? Perot? Ross Perot. So uh, for the listeners who don't know, Ross Perot was— Perot. He was like a billionaire. I think he was a French descent. He was a short guy and yep. you know most of our Texas, presidents right are, wasn't he Texas? Texas. Yeah. Texas. Most of our presidents are pretty tall as you can tell. It's like the, one hmm. of the statistics, right? Yeah. And here he is like a short guy next to Bill Clinton and like you know William Je- Jefferson Clinton and Bush yeah. senior. And so a businessman though, not a politician. A businessman. Right? Yeah. And his whole thing—he was saying the same thing that Trump was saying in different words. He was saying NAFTA's bad. We shouldn't have free trade like we have here. We should. Try- Mexico is, you know, unfairly. Well, let's be clear. Yeah. Now
0: Na- I don't know what Perot is saying, but uh, NAFTA isn't free trade. Any anything that requires thousands of. Pages of regulations yeah, yeah. Uh, isn't free trade. Free I, trade is the absence of regulation. When, when that was all going down, I'm trying to remember the, the comedian
1: who said it, but uh, a, a free trade agreement should sound something like this. You are free to trade with whomever you like.
0: Yep. End of story, <laughs> and that's it. That would, yeah, that yeah, would it be, be one it. sentence. That would be page. true prosperity well, for it. for us and for other peoples around the world. You mentioned Cuba. Uh, you know that is one of the least free areas as far as trading with the United States. They've, uh, there, there's been a prohibition on that for a very long time, and that has harmed the people of Cuba and as well as the people of the United States. And that's States. the intent. Yes.
6: The intent is to make them uh, suffer enough that they will overthrow their government to a government that we like, and then we take off the sanctions. Uh,
2: yeah. And- And uh, to get back to our first story, the biggest reason why they have to target Cuba is because the Cuban monetary system is not compatible with all of our banking nonsense. Hmm. It's the same reason that they target North Korea. It's the same reason that they target all of these Muslim countries that actually use their religious uh, observance, unlike Saudi Arabia, to not have uh, 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 loans at interest.
6: Right. The Mm -hmm. ban on usury is still very uh, high in uh, Islamic countries. But look, let's take North Korea as an example. What do people know about North Korea except it's a part of the axis of evil, according to Mm -hmm. uh, George W. Bush? Well, let me tell you something about that. The previous president, that William Jefferson Clinton, who won, I know we were talking about Perot. uh, By the way, Perot invested in uh, Steve Jobs' uh, company, Hmm. and that's how Steve Jobs came back. Uh, But let's go back. So... William Jefferson Clinton made a deal with North Korea and the president of it, Kim Jong-il at the time, Mm -hmm. that they would not develop nukes. It was very similar to the JCPOA, the Iran deal that uh, Obama did, except back then they said, listen, we're going to take off some sanctions. We're going to give you a little breathing room. And uh, in return, you won't develop nukes. We're not your enemy. And guess what? They made a deal. They actually shook on it. The next administration, because we have a democracy, the next administration was a different party. They said this deal is appeasement. Uh, we are, mm. it's, it's too expensive to give North Korea things like not banning their trade. And mm. so, so we're going to get a better deal, just like Trump said about the Iran deal. And then the next thing is they got a nuke. So not the next thing. So for years they they neglected the deal on both sides until North Korea kind of got fed up and they probably got a nuke from like either Ukrainian or Russian like scientists, I don't know. And then they went on to give Syria... Um, nuclear uh, secrets and Syria was building some nukes uh, and Israel uh, apparently had to fly out and bomb a Syrian nuclear reactor uh, which 2006 it was called the operation orchard or I
0: want to go back to Rob's question about Ross Perot Uh, I, I would say this Rob if Ross Perot got elected it would be pretty much meaningless because he's just one guy and this is the same answer that I would give if somebody asked a question about you know Ron Paul getting elected, I think Ron Paul would be more effective because he's got some principles. He could withdraw troops from around the world, so I think it would look better with Ron Paul. But Ron Paul can't pass legislation on his own. Ross Perot wouldn't be able to either. So you would need to have like a sea change in Congress in order to actually have anything significant change uh, there in D.C., which, of course, is yeah. impossible to yeah. actually uh, Oh, I wanted happen. to add
6: one important thing. The free trade agreement, right? I saw Al Gore debate Ross Perot. Like they they set up the vice president to debate Ross Perot Hmm. afterwards. And in the debate, Al Gore was giving examples where uh, producers were, uh, consumers in the United States were benefiting from free trade. And Ross Perot was giving examples where producers in the United States were being harmed by free trade. The short answer is as a producer, you're harmed by free trade because the entire world competes with you. But as a consumer, you win uh, from free trade because the entire world competes to give you cheaper stuff. Right. So it well, just Plus, depends. it's a
0: short-sighted view to say yeah. that as a producer, you're harmed by free trade. It certainly does bring competition into your market, but you also benefit from free trade on the supply side as far as your vendors and the things that you can buy That's to right. make the things that you're Most making. Most so producers have your, inputs. Yeah, you can reduce your costs and things like that. Thank you, Rob, for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Let's talk to yeah, uh, Major, oh, Go ahead, Just, uh, uh,
2: just one quick add, yeah. uh, addendum there. So I think that if Ron Paul had gotten elected, he would have been assassinated because mm. he would have ended wars, yeah. whereas uh, uh, Ross Pro would have been somewhere between there and what we got with Trump, which was totally ineffective.
0: Yeah. Let's talk to uh, Major Payne in michigan you're on free talk live major
3: yeah uh, the ross perot thing um he was a businessman not a politician
0: yeah but a I lot of politicians say that crap and boys was just, also you know that's what that's what mint romney says <laughs> it's, it's bs it's a,
3: different mind, it's a different mindset when you come from the business world and you've had to go through all the skullduggery and Yeah, but we hear this
0: all the time that, oh, these business people, there's always somebody running in an election that uses this line of, I'm not a politician, I'm a businessman. And then if they get elected, they turn out to be just like every other politician. I can
6: name three people right now. We've got Imran Khan in Pakistan. He was a footballer, huge uh, following. They want to put him in jail. Uh, You you could look it up. Uh, Pakistan's economy is going into the ground right now because of their uh, borrowing. Uh, then we also have Zelensky. Zelensky was an actor. He was an, yeah. an actor, just like Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan, yeah. Yeah. So uh, you got these people who come in, and I think it's a major selling point for a lot of their base, though. Hey, oh, look at is. this actor. Uh, oh, it is. Yeah, I,
0: I know how to run a business, so therefore I can run this thing that absolutely is nothing like a business right. and has the reverse incentives. That's the point I was going to make. You're is talking that talking about attractive
3: face people. Ross Bro was a goofy-looking little fella <laughs> with big right? He was picture. a
1: mousy-looking dude. but. But here's I'm the thing: what, government. The
3: first one, Zelensky, major, too, though he's I pretty short. Went and actually voted for as president. Okay, major. He impressed me.
1: Hang on, just a second, major. Government cannot be run like a business because it is a monopoly on the initiation mm-hmm. of violence. There right, is no. There is no incentive for government to be run like a business. So putting a businessman mm-hmm. in charge of government isn't going to. Result in the other thing is the businessman
6: is used to running his business as a king. Uh, A lot of the time. So like Trump, if you look, well, Trump is a special case because his businesses went bankrupt a lot of the time. (laughs) So it's like, let me put, be in charge of your economy. So in that
1: way, he was kind of perfect for a president.
6: (laughs) I I wouldn't want a person whose companies run into the ground to then run the economy of the country. But no, Trump has a, a, a thing where he usually wants, while he's there, to make it rain money, right? He wants yeah. it to be great. He made the Taj Mahal uh, in Atlantic City the greatest, biggest, baddest casino ever, and then it went bankrupt afterwards. Mm-hmm. So, like, you gotta watch out because you rev the engine too much and then the next president has to tighten the belt and we see what's going on now. Yeah. So, the government right. spending is out of control sometimes with these uh, business uh, people. Go ahead. Yeah.
3: You guys you guys know the story about the pebble in the pool. When you throw a rock in the lake, the ripples in it Affects everybody all around the little puddle there, right? Yeah. Washington is a cesspool, no doubt. Sure. But Trump was a pebble that got thrown in there, and I think we could have thrown that pebble in there twenty years before,
6: and that didn't make any difference. The best thing Trump ever did was not start any new wars. That's true.
0: I'll give him that. And he did actually try to make peace over at North Korea. Since we were speaking of North Korea, was the first president to actually ever visit uh, over there and meet with
6: their uh their president but that was nice he said some love letters clinton actually got a peace agreement in place done yeah. and they didn't compl- work the out. next party completely throw thro- yeah threw but it trump
0: out. didn't change anything of significance major he just went in there and he brought in the, s- the same swamp monsters or a different set of swamp monsters and you know well, the whole talk about draining the swamp was bs
3: he was not properly advised, and he
6: thought— oh, there's always an excuse. He hired around. Goldman Sachs, the first I'm thing he did. I'm not
3: making did. excuses. I'm not making excuses. what it
6: excuses.
3: is. The only person to ever come into the White House and throw everybody out and bring in his own cabinet and everything else, I think, was Henry Harrison. And that was a long damn time ago, and that was just after the Civil War when mistrust was iron hell. Um, it, it, you, sometimes you've got to depend on your underlings to a certain person, especially when you're sitting in the highest damn seat in the land. Come on. Yeah.
2: That's well, all we ever hear from well, Trump supporters is just excuses. Who picked his underlings? Who picked his underlings? He did.
3: Like I said, he should have dismissed them all. Like. But
2: that.
6: he didn't. Yeah, Trump basically I, he, called he, everyone he ever appointed I, I, losers, but he appointed them, including the yeah. chairman of the Fed, including the yeah, the right. judges that later he called so-called judges. And even including Kavanaugh was Fauci. like, yeah, Kavanaugh, he, like Kavanaugh said, I, I you know, I, I regret that Trump said this. And then all of the judges uh, that appoint that he appointed throughout a lot of the court cases where he was like, you know, this didn't work out and that didn't work out and this was rigged and that was rigged. And they were like, uh, actually, we don't have enough evidence. Giuliani couldn't bring enough evidence. So even though, uh, you know, as a libertarian, but I look at the facts, right? Uh, the only one who was a true blue believer is Sidney Powell. And like they sidelined her because they got all the money from their, ca- like they got those emails. I remember those emails, send us money. Why? Uh, you're no longer press no, but send us money to like defend against this thing. You're right. But they didn't give it to Sidney Powell, the one who was actually doing it. Giuliani had no evidence, and he said in court, I have no I, I just well, I think so. It looks that way to me.
0: Thank you, Major, for the yeah. call tonight. I appreciate it. We got time for you if you want to dial in right now. It's the live Saturday episode here on Free Talk Live. The number is six oh three-283-6160. That's six 603- 283-6160 you can join us uh, online of course anytime you want just head over to freetalklive.com enjoy the various features we have there for you uh, once again freetalklive.com we continue here the number 603-283-6160 live Saturday episode this is freetalk live more coming up talk live phones are open we got enough time for you if you want to join us now the number is 603 283 6160 that's 603 283 6160 and you can join us online of course over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various features that we have there for you once again that is freetalklive.com and here in the studio tonight it is me ian greg from new york the Reverend Captain Kickass is here, and outside of our studio,
2: Peakless Mountaineer,
0: indeed. Uh, so we're going to go back to your phone calls and thoughts. And I know Peakless, you've got some breaking news. Uh, I think that you want to share. But first, let's bring TJ, the spy, on the line from Colorado. Go ahead, TJ.
5: Greetings, my friends, and I just wanted to say that. Um, the DEA has really created an impact nationwide with this Adderall shortage.
0: The DEA, what did they do? Yeah.
5: Well, they restricted the number of prescriptions that can be written, so there's a nationwide shortage of Adderall. You can't get it at any of the pharmacies.
0: How does Uh, uh, restricting—I mean, forgive me, I don't know how the DEA interfaces with pharmacies and all that. I know they regulate them to some extent, but how would them restricting the number of prescriptions that can be written restrict the actual supply of the pills? So
5: they they actually have production quotas for the manufacturers. The DEA Office of Diversion Control— they issue quotas on controlled substances like mm-hmm. opioids, a stimulants like Adderall, methylphenidate, benzodiazepines, and as a result of the COVID epidemic, a lot of people have went in and said, "I can't concentrate or focus," and have you know they, we've run out. And I know this because. I take two medicines, Zoloft which is an antidepressant and Aripiprazole, which is a bilify, that's an antipsychotic, and they work great. They've allowed me to get a job. And, you know, I haven't been fired in 6 months, so that's like a huge achievement for me, just being able mm-hmm. to show up and go to work and wow. earn money for James. Wow. But the problem is those drugs make me very sleepy and my boss was saying you're you're drifting off to sleep standing up at your desk and so they gave me adderall and adderall is a powerful stimulant keeps me awake and it works really well to let me focus at work but all of a sudden i went to the pharmacy one day and they said we don't have any and we're not getting any more until april
0: damn what are you gonna do
5: well it's funny enough the my doctor substituted modafinil and modafinil has a special place in in robin hood or james cleveland's heart because that's what he was arrested with in Dinwiddie (laughs) County, Virginia. (laughs) That's right. I remember that. So when I was actually, you know, when I first was dating him, he had that charge, you know, of possession of modafinil without a prescription, even though he had a prescription. And it was, was, I had to go down to Dinwiddie, and it was a very gloomy courthouse, but we had to get his record expunged so Mm -hmm. that when he would go in for a job background check, it wouldn't show up.
6: Wow. You know, you know uh, I was just about to give a rant on uh, how people are me- medicating a lot of the population uh, when they don't need it. It sounds like it's definitely helpful for you. And there's a lot of people who are getting it recreationally, though. Uh, a lot of the people, college students are getting Adderall who don't necessarily need it as much as you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a overdiagnosis. You go to a uh You know, my co-founder, his mom is a psychiatrist, right? And I found out psychiatrist Mm -hmm. is someone who prescribes drugs. A psychologist is someone who, you know, talks with you through your therapy. therapy. So my sort of uh, little rant about this and later I want (laughs) to is that, you know, a lot of people use these drugs recreationally and a lot of doctors are willing to just go ahead and and write them out even to kids they are now doing it with kids
5: <laughs> you wouldn't believe i had to jump through teeth it's like doc look i'm i'm very happy to take the first two medicines they work but they just make me really sleepy and i can't you know i can't wake up in the morning and it's just uh well you know medafinil works just as well and it's your know, central nervous system stimulant and it it's it not works addictive to keep me awake also it's not used to treat ADHD, but it's used to treat narcolepsy, which I don't have, but the symptoms are close enough. So mm.
6: let me ask you a question, yeah. by the way, because I'm a big believer that a lot of these things can be also addressed by upstream interventions. So you have medical intervention, you know, you could put obviously uh, oh, yeah. a, a drug I in own your the body.
5: Ketamine as well, the, every 90 days for $400, they'll give you two shots in the arm and you just feel a heck of a lot less depressed. And That's right. I said, even even after the $400, you know, insurance won't cover it copay. Uh, it's like, because I, I kind of view everything in terms of uh, cost, and I don't mind spending $400, $500 on a medical procedure, but what I want is to not be depressed for several months. Mm-hmm.
6: Let me ask you a you question. Like, uh, where do you live, by the way? Is it, uh, what state, if well, you I don't... live in Denver, Colorado,
5: and I've, I've lived with Ian, you know, through the first FBI raid, and- I uh, didn't want to get through the second FBI raid, and I knew he was selling Bitcoin. So,
6: <laughs> well, the reason I ask is because uh, in some places, when it gets cold, there's seasonal affective disorder, right? When things... Oh are... yes,
5: I'm very aware of sad, and uh, you know, the I, I it, it occurs. Uh, I have i have what's called major depressive disorder, severe with mood congruent psychotic features, which the long and the nutshell is: wow, depression. And inanimate objects like doorknobs talk to me saying that I need to kill myself. And, you know, it gets annoying Like, because if somebody's mean to me, you know, I can walk away from them. But I can't walk away from the toaster Mm. or the microwave oven or the refrigerator if it's talking to you. And more importantly, I wish the doorknobs would just say, Positive things, like you know, if they said, "Like, come on, you got this, you can you're do tough. it, TJ, you can do it," you know, you're you Well, those cost this. extra.
6: I, you got to buy the money. That's soldier. I think that's and a different I drug.
5: That one bit. Yeah. If, if if I had inanimate objects talking to me, saying positive things, but. You know, I mean,
6: (laughs) well, I'm not a a psychiatrist and I'm not a Scientologist who they don't like psychiatrists, but I have a question. Uh, How often do you engage in exercise? Uh, Do you do it daily? Like, do you go for a run? Pretty much
5: daily with my job as a, you know, I work in a warehouse, so I do pallet jack and and move things and pack golf balls and golf apparel for 21 bucks an hour. And,
0: uh... (laughs) Do you count that as and exercise when you're walking around a?
6: I'm a, work- a, warehouse. a big well, you
0: warehouse.
5: Said- yeah, a big warehouse. I count that as yeah, that's exercise. But
6: mm-hmm. it's a warehouse. Do you just? Do you work for Amazon?
5: I don't. I work for a small company. I won't say which one it is because right. I don't want right. to You know, just you know, have everybody showing up. Hey, did you know that TJ the spy works here? And like very <laughs> few people there know that I worked at the NSA. Mm -hmm. i'm just hoping that it's uh
6: a little better than the amazon's because again i my little rant about capitalist uh corporatist you know things the warehouse workers in at amazon's warehouses are just uh they can't they can pee in a bottle but they can't take a bathroom break i hope it's not the same in your in your case
5: oh no 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 we uh that's one thing i wanted because i'm i'm fine you know if there's a job that they say look this has to be manned 24 7 you cannot leave your post without being relieved. I'm going to want 25 30 bucks an
0: hour for a job like that. I think Piclos uh, Mountaineer trying to get in here. A... Uh, go ahead, Piclos. What did you have to say about this?
2: Yeah, I, I wanted to uh, get back to the original point where you uh, pointed out that it's harder and harder for an adult who can make their own determinations and has decided that this is a helpful medicine to them. It is harder for them to get these stimulants. Whereas children who they are programming, they want them to pay attention at any cost. Mm-hmm. So they can very easily be prescribed these medications. Mm-hmm. Whereas you, they would rather you twist in the wind because that generates more corporate income.
1: Right, because they got to get that indoctrination in and make sure the kids are paying attention to it.
5: Yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, I I, I can understand because Adderall is only one methyl group away from me- methamphetamine. I have it tattooed on the side of my body. And I was thinking about a molecule that I'd be willing to go to jail for. And one of them is MDMA or ecstasy or 3,4-methylene dioxamethamphetamine, whichever you want to call it. And I just, my argument to the jury would be, ladies and gentlemen, we have a lot of suicidal combat veterans with PTSD and nothing that legal that they've tried has worked. So it's time to Take the illegal drugs, the 3, 4, 5, that's your mescalines, and your LSDs, and your mushrooms. And
6: Even your cocaine. Is,
0: TJ, uh, uh, have you looked online for the Adderall? I mean, I know you're saying it's hard to get a prescription, but how's the darknet uh, looking these days? Have you ever t- taken a look?
5: <laughs> hey, honestly, God bless Mexico, and I told uh, Ricardo, the uh, documentarian of The Ballad of the Crypto Six, but I went on to an online Mexican pharmacy, and, yes, I did source some some uh, Adderall substitute, I'll call it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no. when you say Adderall was,
0: substitute, are you talking about like a generic alternative?
5: Uh, I'm talking about the methylated cousin, which, according to Dr. Carl Hart, he said methamphetamine and amphetamine, when you look at the brain activity and the heart rate and the blood pressure – they do exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. The only okay. difference is one carbon and three hydrogens. Is so it cheaper Mexican, down
0: there too, The from the Mexican pharmacy? Oh, yeah,
5: $60. So methamphetamine, legal methamphetamine in the United States is $3,000 a gram. It's sold as desoxyn as a brand name. Mm-hmm. It's made right. by Recordati Rare Pharma. And there's about 30,000 prescriptions for methamphetamine in the United States. Either people take Mm -hmm. Uh, essentially crystal meth legally, medicinally, because their doctor says so. But down there in Mexico, they're only charging sixty dollars a gram in Bitcoin. So, <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: and this is oh, for actual methamphetamine in, uh, in Mexico or the other stuff. Yes,
5: yes, yes, yes. Methamphetamine from Mexico. Now,
0: is that that doesn't sound like it would be legal to ship across the the border, right? I mean, that's what's Well, not without there?
5: the government's permission. I mean, it's that's illegal right. to import drugs without the government. Did permission. you see how
6: Bernie Sanders took people across the border to Canada for insulin? The price of insulin in this country was a lot higher than mm-hmm. it was just uh, over the border in so, Canada.
0: I mean, so this stuff has to get through customs then, right? And that, that means you're probably gonna lose some shipments. Uh, wouldn't that result in potential investigations? I mean, this well, seems it's like a funny risky. cause
5: you know, it's funny. I I, I uh, there was a you know, I went online and talked to a French doctor and he wrote a French prescription and had some uh benzodiazepine shipped in from France through the post. Mm-hmm. and they were you know and just you know the street box i mean the problem is there's too many packages to inspect mm-hmm. they can't open them all and you know if and if they do and find a small you know personal use shipment they're not going to care and make a big federal case out of it unless you're Ian Freeman and sell bitcoin <laughs> in which case the IRS and the ATF and the postal inspectors and the DEA and yes, yeah, we yeah. Well, TJ, we'll thanks for the call. And
0: thanks for the drug <laughs> okay. update. Uh, definitely appreciate the info and thanks for, uh, for weighing in on that. Uh, let's continue here. Sarah's in New Mexico. Go ahead, Sarah.
10: Yes, uh, I just want to finish up my train of thought from yesterday. So, are these natural remedies that help with cardiovascular or. Do you have anything for Adderall users
0: that could be uh, useful to them?
10: Well, I don't know what that is, but I'm talking about natural
0: substances right now. Yeah, that's what I'm asking you. You're the expert here on uh, natural substances, at least you purport to be. Uh, And so we just had a guy calling in say that uh, Adderall, which is a stimulant, as I understand it, is hard to get, that it's uh, getting more and more restricted. The supply is restricted artificially by the DEA. And I'm wondering if you have anything for people like that.
10: Well, well, the thing is that, I I have I, I'm trying to wait wait I'm trying to I haven't finished my thoughts pattern, my point, what <laughs> I was trying to get at about the cardiovascular. Okay. My hypo my thing is that my hypothesis is that I know that the if it's it's very good for your health for a lot of reasons, but also what I'm what I'm cardiovascular about, like,
0: so, uh what exercise you mean
10: No, I'm talking about substances like let's say for example um, grape seed extract it po- promotes circulation but also. It helps new healthy.
0: Well, so it's going for a walk. I mean, you, you probably okay, should right. also I'm do some about, exercise not, too, right? I'm not talking
10: about exercise. Look, my point. I know I'm you're not talking point, about okay.
0: it. I mean, I'm letting you know that a pill is only going to go so far.
10: Okay, look. My whole thing is that all of these things also help with blood sugar level. That's the point I was trying to get. I'm seeing, I'm seeing a link here. Yeah, but it's actually okay. a hypothesis. Well,
0: Sarah is not a doctor. I uh, just want to remind everybody listening she's not a doctor. She's a network marketer and she's trying to sell products. So you do have to take, uh, and you should also take doctors with a grain of salt as well because
6: they're trying to sell different products. Oh, I got to go on a rant after this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, well, well, go right ahead. Thank you, Sarah, for the call tonight. Go ahead with whatever your rant is. No, um, no I just want to say because I, you know, I. I I look at so many different shows uh, that are online. Uh, Right now we were talking, um, I saw Andrew Tate and like they have uh, Pearl Davis and others pitting men against women. Uh, You have Jesse Lee Peterson, uh, black against white and so on. The thing is, it's always about the individual. Uh, You know, they tell the individual, you're the problem or you could solve the problem. You could. So corporations, they put out, for example, metric tons of plastic. Right. will yep. just switched to plastic and like they externalize the cost onto the environment. But then you're told you can't have plastic straws. You can't have little plastic bags like for yourself and you should recycle. Right. And it found out recycling is just shipping out to China. So like the government and the corporations. Right. They work together. And talk, Sarah just talked about uh sugar okay look at how much high fructose corn syrup yeah. they put into everything look at how the genetically modified crops if you look at even the fruits now have more sugar that the zoos the animals can't have that many uh fruits anymore right yeah so and- it's like the government works together with these manufacturers and then monsanto and the gmos right the patent system look at how much they have the restrictions are li- likely tied to the patent system that's why in this country they say we're going to invent everything We're going to go after you. If you try to do anything, the rest of the world, we are going to invent everything and impose the cost on our citizens. And so the patent system makes everything more expensive to us. Right. And that's why look Mm -hmm. at the result. So and this is what gets me the uh, most.
2: And to tie that back into TJ, the spies, I'll bet you anything that the prescriptions it's harder to get now are the ones that the patent has expired.
6: Yeah, I mean, basically the patents themselves—if you look at the EpiPen or the other things—it it's like. The government gives you this monopoly, in this case, the intellectual property monopoly. Mm-hmm. And then these pharma companies, they don't just write the bills like Medicare D. They, they tell you the government can't even negotiate the prices of these things right. Okay, in the bill. And then they go in through the revolving door and get cushy jobs back in the pharma industry. Right. So now the Republicans are on board because now the Republicans see what's going on with the uh, vaccines. Right. But again, anyone can see this. They're pushing you three-year-old product, vaccines that are against the original virus because they have no market incentive to update it and create the new product. You know who created the new product is the Army. No profit motive. The Army created a vaccine that's against all Variants. You don't see that vaccine being pushed. Mm, I hadn't right? even heard about it. No, the army did it a year and a half ago. So, my point is when there's no profit motive and the government isn't like trying to coerce everyone installing Windows 95, you know, right. 10 years later, they're going to make something better. And same thing with the police. If the police fa- face market competition, there would be something a lot better. So, here's my point. And this is a think of the children's argument. You know, people like to talk about the children. The children are being overdiagnosed. Oh, yes, yeah. certainly there's children that need. Adderall some of them against ADHD but guess what not nearly as many as you think there's an epidemic in over diagnosis okay they have that also there's some autism uh, diagnosis have skyrocketed also uh, now they have gender dysphoria that's what they call it in DSM-5 used to call it transgenderism. Yeah. now it's just dysphoria but the thing is I'm sure some people uh, it's acute, but in many cases it's overdiagnosed. And so when the children are getting it because, like, like you said, they need to sit down and shut up. For the case of ADHD, and the boys are boisterous. They used to call it boisterous kids, right? They mm-hmm. run around, and they're restless. Now they call it, well, that's ADHD for you. So now they basically have to give them. Literal amphetamines. They're not methamphetamines, but he's right. They're a, a methyl group away yep. from being methamphetamines. Okay. So the children are being overdiagnosed. Then they grow up and they're teens, right? The teens, the girls are seeing all this TikTok stuff, right? And and the influencers. And there are record levels of depression and sadness in mm-hmm. teen girls. And the boys also, they just don't they say it's not as much in the boys, but the boys are being uh, <laughs> let, let's say this, when they go to college, they overtake the Adderall because they have to wake up early. To be there at Mm. 7 a.m., they don't get enough sleep, and then they get all this stuff because the system tells them that's how it's got to be. But the real reason why they're all doing this is because both parents have to work, so they have to stick their kids in the school because they can't make the rent. So the system causes the very parents to give up their kids, not give them any... As, as much love in those eight hours, and have these administrators working for the government schools give them all the love. And then you're wondering what's going on with their kids, but I'm not done. Then you have middle aged people. One in four middle aged women are anti, on antidepressants. Oh, yeah. One in four. Do you think That's they're crazy. all depressed? It, again, there's overdiagnosis. I, I thought it was much higher than that, but sure. Yeah, it could be. The men have an opioid epidemic, as you know. There's a lot of shifting things, but again, most of the stuff is upstream. The men with their jobs, okay? They're feeling useless a lot of the time after. The 2008 reset. Right. Right. So and the women want a man who makes more than them. So a lot of these dynamics is actually the capitalist system or the market system where the people don't have any safety net anymore. You could see also with the Rust Belt, people voted for Trump. They lost their jobs, the mining towns. So a lot of people need some help. Of course, I'm not even going to mention the elderly that they put in nursing homes because they don't. your mom took care of you, but you don't have time to take care of your mom because she's in the way of you getting work. Well, right, there's right. always going to be people
0: yeah. that need help. Uh, I don't think that saying we have to have a monopoly, and I don't know if this is what you're saying, a monopoly system is going to help them, right? Because that's what the safety net is right no now. It's a government system, one size fits all. And it doesn't fit very well. It's harming people all the time. It destroys lives. It doesn't care. Those people in the government bureaucracies, most of them, they they just don't care about the uh, welfare programs that they're administering. They just care about getting their paycheck and their sweet government retirement uh, at the end of the day. So, what we need to have, you, you did meant you sort of you linked capitalism to the market system, and I personally don't, I don't care for that. Yeah, Yeah. because the markets are free. I mean, the free markets should be the if there's a system, it should be free markets and uh, unfortunately, we don't have that. And the only way we're going to get that is if we get to uh, get out from underneath this government, uh, this federal government. But, bound uh, Mountaineer, I know you had some breaking news here tonight uh, that you might want to share about the latest on this uh, federal banking nightmare that we're, uh, we're involved in. What's going on?
2: Yeah, the uh, – so – uh, the, the Fed and the FDIC are uh, uh, weighing the creation of a fund that would allow regulators to backstop more deposits if more of these banks fail. Because the FDIC only has so much in its fund before the before the Fed has to start printing extra money for Right.
0: It. I heard today, I saw a story saying that the FDIC's only got, like, enough to cover one big bank like this.
2: Right, exactly. Now, I am betting dollars to donuts that what they're going to settle on is going to at least include uh, a bunch of money that's in the uh, in what they call excess reserves, because they just paid this so called reverse repo rate, which is basically just a bank for banks. So all of the banks put a bunch of money in the Fed because it was paying them interest. So the Fed's got all this extra money in what they call excess reserves. And I bet you anything that that if they're if they're seriously concerned about another bank falling, that they're going to create this fund. And at least part of it, if not all of it, is going to come from the Fed's excess reserves because they've got like two trillion dollars in there.
0: Hmm. But they're right now they're just weighing it at least. So who knows when or if uh, this is going to happen?
2: Well, and that's like like I was saying. If they just jump in and save this bank, everyone's going to lose faith in the U.S. dollar. Mm-hmm. But if they like, oh well, we'll weigh it and we'll make an extra fund so that another bank can can at least get some uh, federal deposit insurance, so that we don't have to start printing money right away. Then it slows down the panic because mm-hmm. all of this is about panic. I mean, you see the 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 headlines are things like, oh, there's a bank route. Well, why do they use that word? Because no one uses that word. Now, that means your army's been defeated and it's tripping over its feet running in all directions. Mm -hmm. But people don't use that word. So the media gets to tell you about something without telling you about it. Or they'll be like, oh, this next bank, it's had a 40% slump in its tax, in its stock price. 40% is not a slump. (laughs) That's a crash. Right. Yeah. But they don't want to tell you that this is collapsing or you might know what's going on. Mm
6: -hmm. Yeah, it's not like the tech company like Facebook had a 70 percent slide. But it's okay because Facebook's a tech company. They're not built on confidence. It's not a confidence game, if you will. Well, and if Facebook
0: fails, no, I mean, most people are going to be fine. But as banks are failing, as we're seeing, these companies are going to have a tough time paying their employees. And for how many weeks? you know if uh, chase bank comes in and comes to the rescue or whatever and, and picks up this bank's uh, assets and liabilities then maybe some people will see some money come back but how long is that going to take how many people are going to miss a paycheck for how long before you know they get their money back uh, we're out of time for tonight you can check out greg over at uh, what intercoin.org
6: intercoin.org he's, he's got an alternative show. to the big Tech.
0: and, and uh, captain fans. Kickass, i presume maybe people's mountaineer uh, nobody uh, somebody's, somebody's coming on tonight on beard talk live that starts at 10 30 eastern on watch.freetalklive.com so stay tuned for that we'll see you tomorrow otherwise some of you have wanted to support free talk live's mission on a monthly basis but don't want to support patreon now we have an alternative that also helps our premier streaming platform odyssey Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join at the top of the channel. You can subscribe for $5 per month, and unlike other subscription services, Odyssey adds their processing fee on top, so it'll cost a little over $5 per month, but Freetalk Live will receive the entire amount you pledged higher donation tiers are available if you're feeling so inspired you'll get a special membership badge that's visible in the odyssey chat room and if we get enough supporters we may enable members only chat this new subscription method is a great way to decentralize our direct listener support away from just patreon and also support a libertarian run business odyssey Please visit video.freetalklive.com and click join to subscribe to our Odyssey channel and help support spreading our message around the planet. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join today.